Atlantic White Cedar. Hello, Internet. It's a podcast. It's called the Happy Salad Podcast. No, it's not. It's called the Saladcast. <laughs> the, well, it, it, is, it is a Happy Salad Podcast that's called the Saladcast. If we had more than one podcast, podcast, yes. Then we'd have to qualify it like that. And it's Zach and Rob here with no Dan because his computer is buggered, apparently. Hello. 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 This is my terms and conditions, please. <laughs> Terms and conditions of this podcast is there's no Dan. <laughs> yeah. You don't get Dan this time. Apparently he's been having a uh, some sort of power supply issue on his PC, uh, which is apparently his only means of communicating with us. <laughs> well, apart from a phone. Well, he doesn't have his laptop. Oh, <laughs> you uh, prop, his, prop your phone up against the microphone. Well, yeah. call in. <laughs> I thought about... I did consider in my head it's like maybe I could set something up with Skype, but then we wouldn't have our recording scenario of us being in the same room properly set up. No, we'd have all kinds of problems, I'm sure. It's bad enough getting just weird, like, two copies of TeamSpeak with audio repeaters working. Yeah, so we get proper split locally. You know what, thinking about it, I perhaps could have done it had I got my Surface involved and we had another machine do it, like, just for your audio or something. So we could have had a Skype scenario going, but you know, fuck it, we're doing it now. Yeah, we're doing a podcast ourselves. We could get, we, but then he would have been using his phone, which would have been terrible, dead voice quality, <laughs> probably. So you know, let's not do that. How bad are phones nowadays? <laughs> well, <laughs> for the actual purpose that they're made for. <laughs> well, for, well, I mean, for skyping, they're fine, right? Because like, <laughs> because Skype is crap. <laughs> yeah, Skype, Skype, free poop, and you know, you're not, you're. You know, like people use phones as phones primarily. Well, you know, no, they not, don't. not primarily. <laughs> but, you know, phone calls are still really bad audio, right? Yes. For the most part. Always. Um, so Skype, they don't have to make phone mics that good because, you know, people are using Skype. Uh, like, no, that's like, that's just re- like recursive logic. It's like, well, phone, te- telephone networks make your voice sound shit. So we don't have to put good microphones in these phones because <laughs> it never gets them sound good. It's like any microphone, right? Unless it's like a... Um, because it's just like a speakerphone mic normally. It's like those aren't great. They'll pick up a lot of room echo, and I mean they're okay. At like at their recording quality in terms of technical output, I suppose is probably fine. It's probably still what forty-eight kilohertz, sixteen-bit <laughs> audio coming out of it. But it's you know it's never going to be the same as a a proper mic. How much? How much like? How much data, if you can call it that, how much data actually travels along phone lines from phones nowadays? Because <laughs> it's like the mobile network doesn't really use actual landlines at any point, does it? Because it just transmits from tower to tower. That's true. And <laughs> the rest of it is all presumably internet in some way from. Yeah, from but that's there. mainly yeah. what phone lines are used for nowadays. Yeah. It's just the old school copper internet. I'll tell you what, I think I did have a conversation the other day because, like, um, I think. I think well, three have been saying that they have this like super voice thing now. Right. Like so, over four G connections, I think if you speak to, uh, you know, another phone that also has whatever this super voice technology is, it sorts it out in the sense that the vo- the voice quality sounds a bit more like you'd expect it to be, like you know, using TeamSpeak or <laughs> they finally updated the mobile network to use higher bandwidth or something. <laughs> But I only ever have it, had it happen once, and it sounded pretty good. Okay. So apparently the microphones are better than the phone technology. Like no, the actual kidding. microphone quality can pick up better quality yeah, than it's, the it's, network. Presu- but, presumably if you're holding the phone to your face, that would be all right, right? But, you know, if you're like, if Dan was to do the podcast, I wouldn't want oh, yes, to do The podcast situation would be done. Be on a two-hour phone call, right? <laughs> unless you got, like, elastic bands and strapped it to his face. It's <laughs> not know? comfortable like that. 
you know, and then the phone would probably run out of power before. Yep, that too. Before then, so he's not with us. Phones not designed to make phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> one one phone, not very good as phones. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he, yeah, he's gonna. We reckon he has to replace his power supply. That, that's my theory, anyway. Always fucking around with the kids' goddamn computer. Out of the two of us, out of not like well, Dan and I. <laughs> yes. Like, I think I'm the one that needs to mess around with my computer. Yeah, but you're the one who <laughs> needs to. But he's the one who he's the one who is. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, admittedly, mine sort of stayed static for the last two years. Once the case off trick started working, <laughs> it stayed static in its basically broken state. <laughs> it works barely. <laughs> yeah. So you, you're stuck with us. Yep. <laughs> we're going to be well on topic. Well, well we're probably well, actually going to be well on topic because we we desire pizza. Well, uh, yeah, There's, you know, a, a a lack of a third person, reduces. a lack of Dan's influence. I don't, I don't know. Does, do you reckon he's the one who keeps us on topic more than us, or do we all do it nowadays? Yeah, I think we've I think, got I think, better. I think we all know that. Well, actually, I think you're actually becoming quite the taskmaster. Well, <laughs> that's yeah. true. And yet, somehow, we still never manage to keep it on schedule. <laughs> no, you, you don't care about time; you just care about the format. I guess you're like the um, the the, well, I don't know, the producer is supposed to also, I guess, care about time. I yeah. suppose. But, yeah. but, but we generally don't cre- care. About <laughs> Does this mean you're the you're the creative vision? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you don't don't care about like timings, anything, you just want to make it work. work. You're the you're the Hideo of the <laughs> every salad. It's not even slightly comparable. <laughs> Well, no, you probably wouldn't uh, make us play through the, the same game again to see different cutscenes. No. Maybe. I don't know. Games. Games. It's a podcast about video games. Is, it, we, is there any other random bullshit we want to get out of the way? Yeah, I'm not sure there is like this. Week. I've had a fairly, like I've just been working these last two weeks, right? Like doing a lot of work, doing a lot of... Well, I've been running. <laughs> I've, I've, done, I've done two 5Ks Weird. now. Yeah. My legs hurt like hell. <laughs> Walking in the mornings is not fun. <laughs> I've got this weird thing. I like, maybe I mentioned it last week. I don't know, but like I've got this thing. Right? Like after after if I've done a hard run, my um, Achilles tendon here, like when I like bend it at certain angles under certain weight conditions, I suppose, sort of sort of moves. Like it feels like it like jiggles to the side suddenly. Yeah. And then I move my foot back and it jiggles back again. It's like, oh, that's weird. Why does it only do it after I've stressed them? Shouldn't it do it all the time if it's going to be fat? <laughs> like, make it make it screwed all the time. <laughs> it's because it's stressed. Obviously, why? Yeah. And also, I end up with, like, an, an ache in my lower lower calf for, like... Wow, your legs ache after you run on. No, no, no. That, no that amazing, mean... amazing diagnostics. Let me explain further. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, but it, 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 the ache stays there for an incredibly long t- like a week. Gasp. I mean, like it shouldn't last a week, right? And then and it's still there. And then the ne- if I run like too frequently, then that just gets progressively worse to the point where it's like I've actually got to stop. But it it shouldn't be that bad, basically. It's like unless that's just the weakest part of my body, right? The lowest, the 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 the, the, uh, the lower calf muscle is the bit that struggles. Well, I still was trying to remember not to sit in the weird way I sit on my chair that makes the, that apparently bruises the top of my foot, but doesn't really. It's like an invisible bruise or whatever. It's just like you're sort of like wrapping your foot under yourself. Yeah. I, I did that actually. Like when after after my run last week, I was I realised I was sat there sort of pushing my foot against the floor, like bending it back and going, "Why? Do, this really hurts. Why am I doing this?" <laughs> so then I'd move it, 
like and then and then like sort of rest it somewhere else. And then like naturally I just like yeah. because it's where it wants to go, I put it back and be like, ow, what am I doing? It was like even if I even after I remembered to try and stop doing it, that feeling like a bruise lasted for ages. So I was like, I think my socks might actually be too tight. And I was like, <laughs> it's not helping. You've got some sort of gimp sock on that's <laughs> restricting blood. Well, the weird thing is that like you know, I got, got these new socks several years ago, but there's no way my feet have changed that much. I'm quite impressed you managed to make a sock last several years. Mine just tear through. Yes, because you do dumb things with your socks. You don't do dumb things. Any- <laughs> that sounds somewhat filthy. <laughs> like, what do I do with my socks? Well, you wear them badly. That's your main problem. <laughs> I'm not sure I can wear them any differently. My feet are my feet. Well, that also probably doesn't help your feet. It's genetic. <laughs> it's, it's genetic, yeah. <laughs> I, I have bad feet for socks. I need, like, specially clinically approved socks. It's like, my feet can't show that much, but why do these socks seem really tight now? Do they just shrink over time? I guess, maybe. So, uh, that's the wash, isn't it? Right? But it was only on one foot. But I think that's just because of the way I sat was the thing that started it. Like you just were wearing shoes all the time and your laces were too tight? No, I never wear shoes. I always wear slippers when I'm at my desk. There you go, slippers. Got to be the slippers. Well, they're not tight and they're also soft. Daggers in the slippers. <laughs> like this little, that, 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 yeah, that sort of, oh, what do they call it? Like The opening, I suppose, of the shoe. <laughs> you know, where it's like... No! Yeah, but it's like on slippers, it's like further forward than all. Like, not um, always. Like, not, like, yeah, not true, not always, but it could be further forward and then it could be like a little... And a razor blade in the ring. <laughs> not stabbing. Giving, giving you very slight injuries. Not stabbing. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I don't think anything else interesting happened. I mean, not that that was interesting. No. Not even right. <laughs> Talking about running and shoes. Hey. Hey, run, run's a thing. Running's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, actually one you know of the what? main problems of running you know what like, it would be much better than it's like oh I need to do this exercise but fuck is it boring <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm, so, I'm somewhat somewhat glad you agree because the problem with talking to runners or people that run a lot they want to talk about they running they want to talk about running <laughs> and it's and you don't know it's it. well even if I'm picking that up as I go right still not that interesting to really talk about like you talk about it for about two minutes to explain how your run went right it's like oh yeah it was weird it's like i found it really difficult in the second half but then then like the last 250 meters had a sudden burst of energy it was great i felt good felt good uh which is what happened my last 5k there you go that's all you say right there you go conversation is done and yet people keep talking about run and people are like you're doing that 10k it's like no (laughs) (laughs) you should really do that 10k it's like i'm not good at that was the whole reason why I ended up getting that MP3 player so I could listen to podcasts while I was walking. Because it's like a three-hour podcast, that's a good fucking long walk. And also it's a thing that I would be listening to anyway. So I might as well combine the two things and making the walking slightly more interesting. Still didn't convince me to do it that much because it's still just fucking walking. Normally I'd listen to a podcast and like play a game of some kind if I'm in a mood for a podcast game. Well, podcasts for me are driving things. Well, sure. Or if I'm really, really bored with the work I'm doing, just have on in the background to partially slow me down even more. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the trouble with podcasts. It's like if you want to listen to them, you can't 
do like all kinds of things. Yeah. Something's incompatible with trying to pay attention to people talking. Yeah, like if I'm trying to code, I will have to stop it every now and then and be all like, no, I actually need to think about what I'm doing here. Yeah. It's the same when I was playing certain kinds of games, even the games that I consider to be podcast games. There'll come a point where you like, where it's like, if you're just doing something mindless, it's like, it's fine. But then if there's something you actually have to figure out, it's like, okay, I need to put this on pause for a minute while I actually comprehend what I'm looking at for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it, like, the bit of me is when it's the worst when it's like, it's a podcast you actually kind of want to listen to. Yeah, right? exactly. and, you, and you realize you've missed a point. Rather than just listening back to our own bullshit, for example. Well, yeah. <laughs> just do that for the audio check. Yeah, I do tend to do that. Like, like the few days before we do another cast, I'll listen back to the last one we did again, just to be all like, "What are we talking about? Yeah. Are we covering the ground? Are there any corrections I need to make?" Oh, bugger! Yeah, think about it. speaking about it. I think I've got a few corrections. Well, it's been a long time since you did any corrections. So you should have tons of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, there's one in particular I picked out of the last episode because um, well, there's a, there's a, I, I think I made a few mistakes last time, but. The big one was that uh, I think I said, oh, yeah, Lobbyard, that's that Amazon video game engine thing. That's like uh, based on Unity, isn't it? And stuff like that. Yeah, it's totally not. Okay. It, it is. They are trying to directly compete with Unity and Unreal. Um, I didn't realize this. It's actually based on CryEngine. Okay. Means it's probably garbage. Yep. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's based on CryEngine, and that's what Double Helix have been doing since Killer Instinct, effectively. What, just making an engine? Yeah, well, yeah, working on this thing, this tooling. <coughs> uh, so, yeah, news corrections. Hmm. So, I mean, it's news time. Yeah. We'll figure out where, how to slot in more bitching as it goes. Go, go down for it. Yeah. <laughs> on point. <laughs> this is a serious cast. Right, let's do this. News! You got any news? Mm, well, probably the same news that you have. <laughs> All right. This is in, this is in roughly the order in which it happened. Okay. Uh, Quantum Break, which is due to come out uh, April 5th, um, they have added another platform to its release list. <laughs> and that platform is the Windows 10 App Store. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's a PC game now. Well. Sort of, maybe. I mean, is like, is this just the first point of the like the new crossover between Xbox and PC, where it's like it's much more compatible, so you don't have to do very much or whatever? Well, there are there is more to it than that. It's not just coming out like on the PC. They're they're, they're actually they've actually said there's going to be cross save as well. So if you're playing on your Xbox and you get to a certain point, you can pick it up on your PC later. <laughs> Something that no one's going to. No. Who's going to buy two copies of that game? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that in itself is the problem right there. It's like if you bought like a physical Xbox version, it's like you can't then obviously play it on your PC or whatever. See, that would be the ultimate solution. It would be just to somehow make a disc that works in both. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they will. No. But, I mean, you know, you could argue that perhaps they would do that with like a digital copy, right? That perhaps if you bought the digital version, it could cross play. Well, yeah. Or whatever phrase they'd have to come up with it that wasn't Sony like. But no one's ever going to do yeah. that because they want money. Yeah, but you say that, but Sony have been like a lot of the lot of games coming out on Sony stuff have had that and they've been pretty good. Admittedly, they're probably all indie titles, but you know, Sony's crossplay isn't really the same thing, is it? Because it doesn't. Uh, oh no, sorry, not crossplay, cross buy. They call it on Sony. Yeah, like, but that's still like a different 
price at that point, isn't it? It's not like no. I think to buy once, get it on Vita and PS4. Is yeah, but that's, idea. It's, it's a special price for that. It's not like this uh, no, would be I... the normal price of this game necessarily. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't know. Not having a PlayStation, well, no, exactly. but I, I, I assumed it was just that's the price, right? You buy the game, and the game. Well, I mean, by. if there's no option to not get it like that, then yeah. you wouldn't be able to tell. But <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what I mean. I don't, I don't on cross buy games, but I don't think it's an option. Like you just get both. Yes, but that's what I mean. It's like that's the that might be the price they've set for that. Oh, I see. Oh, no, okay, that's what you mean. So you reckon they've statistically adjusted or yeah, something? Yeah, because it's cross-buy, they're like, oh, we, we, can, just... we can charge a little bit more because of the cross-buy, but because of the, we're losing this chance at a double sale. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, how many people would might actually make a double sale or something? And it's yeah, like, exactly. Like, this is us adjusting for loss, yeah. Potentially. Yeah, but, that's what you mean. Don't actually know, though. Speaking of, uh, well, it's one... Would you play it on PC now that it's coming to PC? Would you buy anything off the Windows 10 store? Well, I don't have Windows 10 for a start, so that's not going to be a problem. Well, yeah, if, if you had Windows 10, <laughs> if, you, if you decided to upgrade. If I had Windows 10, I'd probably need a new computer, so then we get into a whole different situation. Don't. Your system would run Windows 10 just fine. No, I don't know about that. My system runs Windows 10 just fine. And your system doesn't run anything just fine. <laughs> it runs everything just fine. It runs, it runs everything. <laughs> Well, maybe for the for like a more literal definition of just fine, <laughs> then yes, maybe your PC does run things just fine. <laughs> just fine, yeah, not great, but just just fine. Uh, it played Metal Gear perfectly okay. Yeah, well, that was a weird case though, because that was like that weird engine that was surprisingly engine. good. Fox, yeah, Fox Engine's pretty good. Uh, yeah, played Grow Home just fine. That is not a. <laughs> Comparable to anything. Unity, I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's something that you might as well be saying, like, it ran a Games Factory game just fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. You can't <laughs> That's get, actually a problem. You can't get that to work on modern machines. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It depends, like, because, you know, the Windows Store, if it's anything like Xbox Live or anything, they're not going to be particularly competitive on price. No. So, like, getting the digital version, are they actually going to do a disc version of the game that links to the store? I kind of doubt they'll do that. Um, and they, they also kind of... Well, the um, other question is, where are you going to get the hot TV action? The hot TV action? Assuming it does, it's oh, not yes. built into the game. It is built into the game. Oh, okay. They've actually revealed what that is. It's like, um, um, it is part of the game apparently will happen at certain points like where you can watch extended cutscenes effectively so it's basically just FMV cutscenes yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, yeah that's how it's they... like here look at this look at this FMV cutscene and then look at the not very good model of this actor in the game <laughs> I do wonder if that came about like that was a change as a, as a result of the Microsoft Studios well, as a result of the, 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 the whole TV thing with Microsoft going, going, going yeah, because going it didn't bad. actually happen yeah that they had to change tack and just go, well, we're going to have to make this part of the game now. Um, although, ugh, there's rumours flying about that there is light interaction during some of those. Like, maybe choices here and there. That just makes me think that this should be, like, that Intel Connect thing, the FMV. Oh, boy, I don't... That, that bullshit advertisement yeah. game with the Connect FMV where you had to, like, do cry kicks. <laughs> yes, I, I sort of remember <laughs> oh, that. Oh, God. Although, that's not as bad as, what was it... Um, you're in the movies. Do you remember that? Well, that wasn't the same. That was really shitty. That was the classic, like, 
cut out the room technology that yeah, like, never fucking worked, ever. It was pretty funny, though. <laughs> Doing that scene from Terminator, <laughs> where he just busts into the office, like, I need your, I need your boots and jacket, or whatever. <laughs> and your bike. Yeah, quantum break. I quietly hope that game is good, because... Well, they've continued to not really say anything about it, but it's just like, it's a third-person shooter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, it, you know, the time <laughs> not... mechanics are cool. It visually looks cool, and I think the story might have some chops, but... Wow, I don't know. The trouble is it's a time travel story, and, you know, that's inevitably 100% <laughs> fucked up with paradoxes. Well, sure. <laughs> um, unless they explain how their version of time travel works, yeah. you know, and, like, what the rules are. Like, yeah, it could go very wrong. Um, but, you know, it, it looks fine. And the, the effects fine, but yeah, the gameplay looks okay. Well, it, it you don't like really this. know how it plays, is it? Right? Well, we've seen quite a lot of gameplay yeah, you've, now. You've seen very specific, like set up gameplay where, it's like, he's going to do this exact series of maneuvers, which is the ideal, optimal way to look cool. Okay, yeah, you have seen people flailing at it yeah. in the way normal people play. Oh no, that's true. There's all been canned demos, but it's like you know, you got powers to stop things or make you move faster or. Yes. Make, make zones of stopped time and stuff like that, you know. But it's how easy it is to actually use those effectively that makes it, whether it's going to be funner to play or not. Yeah, or whether funner. you just end up using the same thing over and over because it's the one that actually works. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the Mass Effect problem, right? Like, yeah. I always use that chaotic power. Oh, no, wait, everything else is on cooldown. Well, then I'll use everything else. <laughs> well, actually, in Mass Effect, it was more like just at the start of battle, fire off every power and then just <laughs> wait for the cooldowns to come through. Also, like, yeah, I suppose we haven't seen any footage where there's been like a HUD, right? So we haven't no. seen any where the. So we don't necessarily know how that. How the powers work. Yeah. Like, is it a power bar? Is it a cooldown? Do you, do you have like some subtle way to tell? Yeah. I don't know. I quietly hope that's good. Um, mainly because of like. What what else am I to look forward to on the Xbox this year? <laughs> really? Uh, Mac two, rumored to be in existence. Didn't they? What did they do with the original Mac that was? It was just like they started giving it away <laughs> like, free really quickly, right? Well, apart from making a bad game. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of the early... They made a huge deal of it and then it was like free really soon after launch. I think it turned up on PS Plus pretty quick. Yes. Um, um, which is no bad thing, you know, I guess. It's like, it would have, it, we've just made this really big tech demo. <laughs> but yeah, they cut their... It's rumoured to be in existence, again, as, which is becoming an incredibly common way of leaking things. Uh, someone put it on their CV that they were working on it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Slightly bigger news. Warren Spector is back in games. After an extended hiatus. I mean, he hasn't really actually been around since System Shock, has he? He get out around ninety eight. <laughs> do other stuff. But anyway, the problem was is like like he was like explaining it's like that being out of games for that long. You're in. He went into teaching, um, teaching people sort of like you know what the art of game design and things like that. And he got to the point where he's like, after being so long out of the game, that, that um, you, you're actually kind of out of touch with how game design and stuff kind of needs to work yeah, and things like that. So, so he's not... getting back into like. That's like not get his skills back. 
<laughs> that's not how that's meant to work. It's like if you're teaching it, you're meant to learn it in order to teach it. You're not like, <laughs> I know, but he <laughs> like, like, that's your actual job is to keep up to date so you can continue to teach people. Sure, but that's a very different thing. Like with like, well, yeah, teaching like, skills like, this, like, yeah, but doing it is the important bit. Like, the but it's not, it's not really a reason to like. I have to go back. It's like, well, you could just be better at the job you currently have. <laughs> don't know. I think it's a very valid point, right? Like, you can't... The game design of old probably isn't the game design of now, right? So he's got to, he's got to, he's got to go back to it and try it. And... Or alternatively, it's like, I might get fired if I don't go back. <laughs> so I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm too bad at this now, so I'm going to have to abort. Oh, boy. This is a good cut, bad cut conversation if ever there was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but there is like better news, I suppose, as a result of this. We know what he's working on. Really, it's System Shock. Yeah, they're actually going to make System Shock three. But anyway, that's like the, the bad coffee again. It's like sure he's not really going to learn anything. He just makes the same game. Or <laughs> maybe it's well, I don't know. You could I like okay. So my argument is like you you take what System Shock was. And try and modernize it, right? Like you, you, you try and see, see where the direction Bioshock took that series roughly in. Yeah, but isn't System then, Shock just basically? If you take the modern example, it's basically like Amnesia and stuff, right? It's just basically a first-person horror game with sort of, with like some a, amounts of first-person action stuff. Yeah, it had a lot more. Well, yeah, Amnesia and stuff didn't really have any shooting or anything. Well, they had system moving shit around. Yeah. yeah, the original System Shock games were more. You know, they had FPS stuff to it. Some, yeah, but yeah. not tons. I mean, actually, you know, in, in a weird way, it might be more akin to a Bethesda game, right? These days, like, look at not necessarily the depth of Fallout, but you know, you could say that some of its gameplay style might could go that direction. Or I don't know. It seemed like System Shock was more like enclosed. I don't think I mean, no, 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 but I mean just in terms of how the combat plays out and things like that. If they need to do combat, like it would be like wander around, have some story, da 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 or a combat sequence plays out, but perhaps it's more tactical and strategic than it is like straight up FPS run and gun. Like it probably would have been in 98. I guess, but it doesn't seem like it's necessary. It's just like they could still make it. They could go fully story, yeah. Yeah. But is that necessarily a true successor at that point? I'm sure the... he might get forced by the studio to make a shooter. <laughs> I don't know that necessarily. Well, it depends what studio he's working for, I suppose. I'm assuming it's still owned by like 2K or whatever, like the guys that put out Bioshock, right? There's probably still the System Shock is probably owned by them. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I feel like they wasn't the. Unless they're working with Night Dive, because Night Dive are the studio that did the remaster. It wasn't one of the reasons that they went to Bioshock is because they kind of couldn't use the System Shock stuff that directly. Oh, maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously Ken Levine, I think, comes from System Shock as well, right? Mm. So, he's... yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. Theoretical news again. <laughs> yeah. Man, we're so fucking good at this. Uh, Doom. It will come out before E3. <laughs> You'd hope so, really. That's what they're saying. They showed it, when they showed it, it looked pretty Lego. Well, I don't know, it didn't look done back then. Well, why do you think that didn't look done? It looked uh, like there, a... were, there were some, you know, I pointed it out at the time, there were some animation problems. There were. 
I don't think it was necessarily animation problems. I think it was just like lazy ragdoll. I <laughs> know oh, my problem was is like when they went into canned animation mode, right? Like when when it That's... swapped, it's like there was some technical glitches of like animations popping in and out, and like whole moments where objects were like whole frames where objects just weren't in existence while it swapped swapped states. I think that's just it was, how it was lacking in polish. No, no, no. I mean, literally, the object disappears for a frame. Yeah, and then comes just like back. any canned animation. That's like even they every... don't disappear. They morph to the new location. They shouldn't. The object shouldn't physically di- like. You haven't played any game recently, like Fallout or Skyrim, for example. <laughs> I'm, Any I'm, of these I'm games that have preset I'm, animations. But... I'm not taking those bug-ridden hellscapes as like what games should be. I don't think like you mean disappearing the, the bug-ridden for a frame. hellscapes made by the same company, for example. It's not technically. It's, <laughs> Bethesda aren't developing. This is it, right? It is making Doom. Like, no, I don't think popping out of existence while you change animation state is a thing that should happen. Well, it shouldn't, but it does. But it shouldn't. And, you know, that to me was like, it looked a little lacking in polish. The gameplay didn't look like there was, it it felt very canned what was going on on that demo. Well, I feel like that was the point of it, though, because it's meant to be like, the the idea of Doom is like, it's meant to be simple, basically. Oh, sure, but it's still a running gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's still going to be a running gun, but it just didn't, that demo, like, looked only like a visual showpiece. It didn't look like there was necessarily, uh... Something about the movement didn't feel like it was being played, if you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> well, that's like every demo ever, really. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> so, you know, that's, I had my sort of like, not well, not quite extreme, but I had my like Killzone 2 hat on, little feeling for it, where it's just like, this doesn't look like a game yet. This looks like a concept. Like, <laughs> no, nowhere near as bad as Killzone 2, though. No, no, I, I'm saying it's nothing like that, but I had that sort of feeling <laughs> where it's like, the, something about it just didn't look like this is, this is the product yet. Uh, but anyway, it's still coming out, which then leaves E3 as, well, what are they actually showing at E3? What Bethesda, you mean? Yeah. That's, what, that's, a, that's, a slot, that's a slot gone from their show. Fallout expansions. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, that seems likely. I mean, I'll have Dishonored, right? And, oh, yeah, I guess, because that's still right. And I think they picked their sort of promo picture about E3 had a character from... Oh, what was that horror game that came out from the makers of Silent Hill? Or one of the makers of Silent Hill. Not Hideo, but, you know. Um, <laughs> they got split up to right? Evil Within, that's oh, it. Right. Um, yeah, but there's probably, there might be some news on that coming. Like a sequel, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe there'll, maybe there'll be something brand new that we've never seen before. It's just like, hey. It doesn't seem very likely. No. Unless, you know, unless Id started working on something else, and they're like, we're nearly done with you, so here comes the next thing. Yeah, yeah. we're already working on something else. Because <laughs> Professor just gave us money, basically. Guess what, guys? Oculus is done. We've got Carmack back. <laughs> yeah, that would be the... That'll, no, maybe that would be where they fill off time. Maybe it would be like, Doom will come out, and then it would be like, Doom VR! <laughs> Going with the help of John Carmack, because yeah. he likes Doom. <laughs> <laughs> John Romero just turns up yep. <laughs> randomly. Exactly. <laughs> How much do you like the Arbiter from Halo? He's okay. Would you like to see Keith David kick ass in a fighting game? Are those two things related? <laughs> Keith David voices the Arbiter. Yeah, that's true, but that's not, <laughs> that's not necessarily two things that are completely related. 
Although, he voices several things. If Keith David was just doing a fighting game, that, that would be the best. Um, well, now you can, your dreams can be partially fulfilled based on those two questions, as Arbiter will be coming to KI. Assuming that like, he's able to do the voice, I guess. <laughs> I don't necessarily have to. Well, no, I don't have to, I suppose. I don't even technically even have to have him say anything. No. <laughs> they can probably get away with it. <laughs> just be like, well, they could probably just use like clips from the game, like the sort of like yeah. elite death noise, like <laughs> Or just go back to old school elite and just go what what what. <laughs> what 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 to start playing Johnson quotes backwards. Well they're right, they should. <laughs> so like as part of this news, it's like they um um Nine Galaxy came out and said, like, you may have noticed in our previous like character trailers that certain stages looked a little bit different. And it's like, so apparently the rendering engine is getting yet another overhaul. In that game, so their lighting model is now much more detailed, apparently. Okay. Um, not that that's really what you go to a fighting game for, I suppose, but it's nice to know they're still working on it. Especially like a really small fighting game, technically, I guess. It's, it's not a big it, player, I suppose. It's, but it's small in terms of like user base. Content. Content. Oh, it's, it's not that small anymore. But it's it's still like it is just like two dudes at a stage. There's not really anything to it. Oh, but it's a, it's a classic 2D fighting game. Like, <laughs> yes, it, do, that's do why apply, it's small. Do you apply that to like all fighting games then? Is that your Street Fighter view? Well, or? no, because like Street Fighter, they even in the most recent shit fest, they're still like, oh, well, here's our K-Bone, I guess. <laughs> and here's some other things. Think, well, KI has, has, they've, added, they've added their own form of story mode. It's like story mode is <laughs> different of, actually yes. between season one and season two. There's like, there's stuff to that. And, you know, to its credit, KI does a way better job at tutorializing. Yeah. Than, like, actually, like, in it, like, between Killer Instinct and Skullgirls, those two have got tutorials right. Yeah. They're really good at explaining how the game works and what all the technical detail is and what those, why, why the announcer might shout one, two, three during, during your attacks <laughs> and what that actually means. <laughs> Stuff like that. Those those games are really good at that. Uh, and let's put this in perspective: you're not paying full price for Killer Instinct seasons. Well, it's like <laughs> how many like what, how many will there have to be before you are paying full price for the whole game? Like two, to yeah, probably three. probably the two. Yeah, because yeah. what is it? There's eighteen characters in the game now, I think, which is probably just shy of Street Fighter's twenty. I think. I think Street Fighter is 20. Oh, no, it's 16, isn't it? I think Street Fighter. Yeah, but Street Fighter is operating on a weird system now as well. Isn't well, it? yeah, <laughs> with its like, pay for character thing as that eventually starts rolling out. Um, I like KRA a lot. I will defend it. It's a solid fighting game. It's way more fun for noobs like me. <laughs> uh, never, no, I did try with Street Fighter 4, but I just couldn't. It's impenetrable. Yeah, and like nothing helps you in that game figure out what's going on it's harsh uh, the HTC Vive has a price tag yeah. of 799 US dollars that's quite a lot they haven't said anything about international shipping though that's the... they haven't no so <laughs> like, like, they haven't announced what the international prices are Like, so the speculation at the moment for UK based on the price changing or the price change between dollars to pounds for the Oculus, you know, using that as the basis, they reckon it'll be 650 quid um, UK price. 
Um, I forget what the Oculus's UK price was. It was like 400, 450, yeah, something like that. Um, so it is a lot more expensive, but I may have got my prediction wrong about which one was like the most technologically advanced headset. It seems like the Vive actually is has a little bit of a uh, an advantage over Oculus, at least in terms of things like field of vision, as in it does a much better job of surrounding you in its right in its screen. Something about the lenses is different, I guess. Um, but that that extra bit of money will also give you the um, infrared lighthouses and a couple of hand controllers. Well, it doesn't give you the infrared lighthouses. You need those for it to work. <laughs> well, you only really need those for the uh, like location tracking, right? Because like, Oculus, has, Oculus has that one base station that sits yeah, like, near your that, screen. But like, the, 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 base... the two room-filling infrared lighthouses are what you need to do, the, like the full room-based motion track. No, because it tracks the position of the view as, you, as it reads the sensors rotating through the field. I think that's actually that's the equivalent can... of the Oculus single-point facing you thing. They don't need that, because you like... Ex- like Accelerometers and accelerometers like, aren't good enough for VR. I don't think is the reason why they've both gone for camera technology. But you can't do any. I don't think you can do it any different for like the the actual motion. Otherwise, Gear VR wouldn't work. Well, Gear VR isn't meant to be as good. It's not meant to be as good, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not. It's like it's the same as like the old Wii Motion Plus. It's like this makes the accelerometers better, but it's still accelerometers at the end of the day. It's yeah. Well. <laughs> I, I, I reckon they're still using accelerometers inside the headset because, you know, the Move accelerometers, like this isn't a, a necessarily a comparable example, but the, move, the the PlayStation Move controller is a few years old now and it's the accelerometers of that were pretty instant and pretty great, actually. But it also used the camera. But it used, it used the camera for location only, not for orientation. Because <laughs> you, you can't turn a sphere into, or, into orientation. No, I guess, well... Might be able to at some point, depends uh, where the like the end of the sphere joins to the stick. Yeah, but that's a that's an incredibly like it's not going to happen very often. No, so they can't be doing that. Um, I'm not ruling it out. They probably might. They might be using some kind of sensor pickup, but I think there's like that. You'll be limiting moments where like, oh, I can't see the headset. What's going on? But that's why there's two of them because it covers the whole 360 degrees. That's the whole point of there being two, not just one. But that's why you need. It's for the room because the range then is way bigger. Like you need two to cover all angles. You need two to like cover the location. Otherwise, there's no point. Otherwise, if you're just sat there cockpitting, it's like you're not really gaining a great deal. You only need the one in front of you for that. As soon as you move around a large environment, that's where you need multiples. Yes, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like because they made it capable of doing an entire room environment, that is the solution for the sitting at your desk version as well. It's like if you've already implemented the technology to be able to track it in the entire space, then you use that to track it even on the small scale. I'm saying you'd like, and I'm saying you probably don't need that. You don't need that if you're for playing a cockpit game. But it doesn't matter because they have it. Like, there's no other way for it to be set up apart from to have those things because that's how it works. Yeah, just I just reckon they probably don't use them for all applications. <laughs> well, maybe. Like it's not how that it's probably not how that thing is primarily driven for orientation. It's I reckon it's purely locational. And maybe rotational, but I don't know. I'm sure when they were first doing the demos of it, they were talking about how because it has all those little sensors all over the headset, it's like that gives it the ultimate Well that's the thing, isn't the vibe less like it makes those less prominent, doesn't it? Um, um like no. Oculus makes those really like 
Or, oh no, no, there was the Oculus early versions, wasn't it? That had the big white lumps on them. Yeah, because the Vive has all those little tiny, like, indented squares. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's like a golf ball, isn't it? Almost like. <laughs> well, it's slightly less dense than a golf ball. It's dimpled. Yeah. I assume yeah. the Oculus is probably. I don't know. Do you reckon that's like IR reflectors on the Oculus with, from that camera thing? Yeah, or do you no. reckon it's doing visual tracking? No, I reckon none of those spots are active. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't think all... I don't think they are. They're not transmitting. That's no. why it's a camera. <laughs> no, they'll all be they'll all be reflective or maybe emitting. Maybe they could be emitters. I guess if it was like reverse connect or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the headset could be spraying IR out. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, that one's tricky to know actually because it's like surely if they if they were just reflective, there's a chance it could pick up. Fate, right? There's a chance <laughs> it could be like the Wii remote. Yeah. Exactly. Where, where it just doesn't pick, where it picks up random things in the vicinity. Yeah, and thinks those are the right sources. Unless it, maybe they do have to be active. In order, like in Vive's case, they probably might have to be active, right? Maybe the field is being pulsed or something. What the lighthouses are for, I guess. Yeah. They pulse it out. I think the things on the heads are only receivers. Sure, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, they, they, they would have to be active on that, whereas on the Oculus, they could probably just be reflectors and the optics. Yeah. See it, which then, but then that can't be right for rotational, right? Because if the optics are only in one place, it's like you can turn all the way round. Then, they <laughs> well, then you're talking about accelerometers again. That's what we just we just had this whole discussion. No, no, no but I mean, like if the, but well, you kind of, but you're like then then if you go past 180 degrees in either direction, like with the you know, or, you know I suppose 90 degrees from your sitting position. And the reflectors go out of view of the Oculus's well, base. Unless, unless there's reflectors on like the strap. On the strap, yeah. It's like that's the only other only other possibility if they're using that for rotational. We basically just had a whole episode where we don't know fuck about either. No, no, <laughs> well, no, no, exactly. But, Even no. though we could probably just look this information up and find out because it's probably already been the hell of described at this point. Well, they, they might keep that to themselves. Uh, they're making a fucking product you can buy. I think at this point you have to have the, all the technology at least. Like, no, they don't have to tell us how it works. That's trade secret stuff, right? Not when it's something really obvious like an IR pulse. <laughs> If it's a thing that you put up in the corner of the room that transmits something, you can quite easily work yeah, out what yeah, that but is. that still doesn't answer what they're using what for. Like that—that that was. I don't think that would be a trade secret either, really. Yeah, well, whatever. Well, it doesn't. Because probably the whole argument about rotation was that they didn't need. That, well, we, yeah, but, but probably yeah. like the technical specs of the things have been patented or whatever. It probably tells you exactly how many accelerometers there are oh, in when, the headsets and stuff. Oh, when someone gets when they when someone gets them in their hands, right? Oh, no, the patents probably won't cover that. But you know, once they get why, someone in their hands, they, could, they, they? would. Because patents aren't about patents are about concepts, not about actual build. A lot of the you know patent things where it's like here's a cutaway view of his like the things inside this thing. Normally, they're about like design principles, not about I think early ones, breakdown. but not actual, not like technology patterns where it's like you have to be fairly specific to be able to protect an individual bit of something. Yeah, unless you don't know at that point. No, we don't uh, know about patent rights. So good. I wouldn't say I've ever seen an example of them existing at that level. Because <laughs> you look at patents all the time. Oh, they come up in the news, don't they? I mean, yeah, but most of the time when it's news, it's like really dumb patterns. <laughs> it's just like, we've <laughs> yeah. tried to pattern the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> we've tried to treat. Uh, was the NX design? Or, yeah, um, the NX design. Or was it when iPhone tried to say, like, the single button in the middle or something was its thing? <laughs> yeah, so then it's like, it's a pattern where it's like, here's a rectangle with a circle in it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 
He's like, no, I can't have that. <laughs> what was it? Was I think I was, I'm trying to think what the was it the Samsung Apple thing was about like the layout of apps or something, wasn't it? Like the, the that grid yeah. of icons, and it's like Samsung, like, yeah, you can't do that, and it's like they totally can because everyone else is doing it, but like Apple still got the payment or something out of it. And, oh, patent law is so so stupid. Uh, finally, in news, Xbox Live it totally went down for ages. Wow. Relatively ages, not not like PlayStation Three ages. Oh no, not like yeah, <laughs> not like a week or whatever that was. It went, went down for a few days, but yeah, pro- properly properly went down. Um, uh, thanks to a DDoS attack, apparently. Um, no, no one, as far as I'm aware, I haven't seen any news about someone owning up to who who was behind it. Like what group decided to uh, to to chuck to chuckle their might at it. Uh, so the end result was that it pretty much affected every part of Xbox Live in some capacity at some point, like locking some users completely out of using the service for a while, uh, making matchmaking difficult for others. Uh, the store basically didn't function for a while. Um, and in the weirder case, apparently like Xbox ties its Blu-ray player to the user. Like, so well, people were unable to watch... management, isn't it? Because they had their whole, like internet rights management thing where when we were talking about the always online situation where it's like you might not be able to play the Blu-rays, Blu-rays because it has to check with them. So for Blu-rays that makes sense. Except the Blu-ray player also plays DVDs and they also didn't work. <laughs> it's like the entire player well, just decided to crap out because probably probably because of yeah, some yeah. sort of rights layer but the rights layer is at the wrong level or something that it happens like well, to decide whether or not the entire software can work. But then that doesn't make sense because it doesn't necessarily know what the rights it's trying to read are. <laughs> like, you know, it, doesn't, it seems like the wrong order. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I actually know someone that was affected by that. They were just trying to play DVDs and they're just like, yeah, they don't work. I think my Xbox is broken. And it's like, no, it's not broken. It's, it's just a very weird design. Mm. Uh, and... What I don't have written down, as it happened yesterday, is that there's two more Pokemon games coming. Well, one, one, more Pokemon game game. <laughs> one more Pokemon game coming in two parts. Yes. Well, not two parts. <laughs> one more Pokemon game with another one that's a remake, almost. <laughs> it's, not two part, it's not a two-part game. Well, Sun and Moon is not two games. That's what I meant by like, well, two yeah, parts. That's what I meant. Yeah. It's not two games. It's not a two-part game. It's just <laughs> it's, one game that's... <laughs> it's, a, it's subtly different. Yeah. It's one game that they're releasing twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, the, and the announcement that the you know, Red and Blue is really a thing, but they're going to now allow internet trading on the remakes of Red and Blue. They the fucking made Red and, remade Red and Blue once. <laughs> but yeah, but it's not a re-release well, re- of the Game Boy version this time, isn't it? Rather than yes. a, which is the first time they've done that, apparently. Um, but but yeah, they've added stuff to it. So the question is, do you really want that? Well, does anyone really want that? Does anyone want so, shitty Game Boy? It's not even Game Boy Color. I mean, no. Well, the, the, well, yeah. Does anyone want red and blue? Yeah. <laughs> the, the the way they uh, have been sort of like talking about it is that oh yeah, you can finally um, move your Pokemon from the original games. Well, you can do that. Today, if you have a whole chain of shit, can you really go from the Game Boy version? Because they were saying yeah. like it only works from GBA upwards on the direct. Like that, you know, did GBA was where they started this program? No, because no... 
It was no like, way to go from original Game Boy. It was like in gold and silver, you could port stuff up from red and blue. And then, sure. And then, when you, once you got to the Game Boy ones, the Game Boy Advance ones, you could plug the old carts into the Game Boy Advance, and then you could trade between two Game Boy Advances using that cable. I think that still worked between gold and silver and ruby and sapphire. Wait, so what? You'd have to. Oh, what, right. So if you ran. Um, like gold and silver on, on a GBA, yeah, using the the old cart, well, the cartridge slot, yeah, the cartridge slot fit both, and then you plug it new or it Ruby somehow knows to. The, I didn't even realize you could link cable GBAs with old Game Boy games. Well, I think it was only that one specifically, because yeah. <laughs> it was like they were all weird. I mean, even between gold and silver and red and blue was weird because it was like this. It's a, just a whole weird system where they had to make. A trading mechanism in the old game for a future game that they didn't know about yet, hmm. <laughs> and they had to like backport it to be like, yeah. this old, new game can now communicate with that system we built in the old game just in case we did this." <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you can theoretically get stuff all the way up. It just requires that you basically have every game and every piece of hardware in the chain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then at some point you just get into the Pokemon Bank, and then you're good. Well. They're, they're, they're claiming that it's the first time you can do this. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it, it might have been different because I th- think I think the transfer out of red and blue up originally didn't necessarily correctly save the Pokemon. It was basically making a clone, not necessarily exactly copying them. Okay. So like sometimes some there were certain like stats and moves that don't transfer out of the old older games. Like they get lost in the process at some at a certain point. So even Pokemon that are that old, some of them get moves that they shouldn't be able to, but oh, sometimes they don't. They yeah, get yeah. the moves they should be able to. So maybe that's what they actually fixed yeah. at this point. Like you can literally move stuff and the suggestion is is that it requires pokemon bank well yeah obviously yeah the internet <laughs> well you know you, you can't just use internet trading between other users it sounds like oh yeah if you wanted to move it up versions and the bank they didn't directly say it well yeah could... they, they just basically replaced the link cable trading with a port it into the bank yeah <laughs> they, they, yeah they didn't they didn't outright say that you couldn't internet that you could just straight up internet trade it sounds like so yeah, the, probably the only route is to use the use the push to bank or whatever, yeah. and then trade it in the modern versions or something. Probably. Or do you reckon they'd build a web portal for that for Pokemon trading? Like you know, now that they've started going down that route, for why things, would they need it? No, I'm just wondering. Like you, you might be right, but like maybe people don't have their 3ds to hand, but still want to get involved in that hot trade market. <laughs> if you don't have your 3ds to hand, that kind of negates the whole point of it being portable. <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. <laughs> then, then somehow you've got a web browsing capable device instead, like you your phone, on, I guess. Oh yeah, you could do it on your phone. You could tra- trade those hot Pokemon on your phone. They might as well just make Pokemon Bank app on the phone. <laughs> trade through that. They totally should. New, that's also not actually new mobile in any way. No, probably not, but they probably will. Right? That sounds like a, a something that well, we'll mobile what, away Nintendo See what happens with Pokemon Go. If you can get Pokemon out of that somehow. Ooh, yeah. That's a good thought. That'd be quite a cool crossover. I mean, that would... It would, would, only, they, would they ever do it with Mystery Dungeon as well? Like, <laughs> no, that's a spin-off. Yeah. That would only be interesting if, like... Well, if, like, Red and Blue... If the Pokemon Go versions of Pokemon were actually slightly different. 
Because that's why, like, really old Pokemon you brought up through the whole chain of games were actually interesting, because sometimes they could have moves that they wouldn't be able to get if you just caught a modern version of that. Like, they can learn moves that they modern versions of that same Pokemon can't now, yeah. because they're old. So it's like, if, if, if Pokemon Go's Pokemon were legitimately different in some way, and it was like, ah, oh, if you transfer them out of here into an actual game, you get this bonus. They might basically. have a unique trait. Or yeah. It might, might not be a bonus, but I reckon they might have a trait that's different. I mean, they did like, do that in... But then could you like like um, use the breeding system now to sort of make that trait go somewhere? It depends, depends on what the specific trait, trait is, because yeah. it's like, that was the whole thing. Because they did it in... Uh, it was... Probably Diamond and Pearl. I don't think it was black and white, but they did that with they they had that web game thing that was tied to the game, and you could get Pokemon there and port them into the game, and that those ones that came from the web thing could have different abilities from usual, and that yeah. was the only way to get certain abilities from on certain Pokemon by bringing them from the web thing. So they've done it before. It's just whether they. Can be bothered, I guess. It's much easier just to keep all the stats and traits that you have and then make it so that they are distinct when you pull them in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Depends if they... Uh, they might have to come up with some sort of mapping, I suppose, maybe. Like, there might be a map table somewhere to be like, well, we need to convert whatever this is into whatever this is for this game. But then you would hope they'd keep like things like the moves, at least the name of the move, or... Maybe not the stats of the move, but you know, because presumably, I mean, if it is just they've just basically re released red and blue, I mean, a lot of stuff was different in red and blue. Like, even, I mean, there was much less Pokemon types, and then there was no dual types, and some of the types of the Pokemon were legitimately different. <laughs> Whereas, like, this thing is a rock Pokemon in this game, but it's a ground Pokemon in all the other games. <laughs> I don't think that transfers up. I think, no. they, I think their types actually do the change when you move them. Yeah, see, that, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because, like, would that, do you reckon that would, could screw up certain players? Like, in battle scenarios where you throw in a, <laughs> well, throw in sure, a Pokemon sure that's you, got a type that doesn't match what they normally do. I'm sure do. if you're playing Red and Blue, you pretty much have to know that you're playing an ancient game that has slightly different stuff. And, no, 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 and but, also, but say, but say you bring your Pokemon up, right, and the type remains the old type. Where, like, yeah, like, but you don't base your modern game plan of ancient stuff unless you're very specifically doing it for the purpose of getting something weird out of the old games well, like yeah, these unusual know. moves yeah, and in, the, in, that case, in that case if you have that much proneness to know that that's what you're doing then you know that the time is going to say the same or whatever yeah, I just wonder if the game presents that well, right? Or if, like, in pro play, like, they get to see what your opponent's team is before the start of a fight or something so they can be all like, oh, wait, that, that Clefairy is... No, I don't is, think... Is, is, is a, an exotic dancer type. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think you do, but I love, that's why... That's why those rarer... <laughs> that would be my type. <laughs> for my proposal for Sun and Moon. The Moon version gets exotic dancer types. The Sun version gets... Lifeguards. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Completely comparable. <laughs> so the only thing that came into my head there was Baywatch. It's like, no, this doesn't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyone news? No. All right. <laughs> I guess we're done here. Oh, apart from the whole let's talk about the game. Yeah, apart from the like, whole rest of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to work out, but did I talk about finishing MGS5 for realsies last time? I don't remember. 
because I did. Well, yes. I, I, well, I, I haven't done. Except not really, because <laughs> you never get to finish that game. You can't funny. finish that game. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. Uh. I haven't technically finished all of the chapter two missions because apparently I don't need to. There's one in particular, like uh, out of the fifty. Uh, it goes up to 50 missions or something like out of that list I, I think it's 47 or something or 46 you need to worry about if you're getting to that part of the game it's the one that's labeled truth because <laughs> that's where the late game twist is yeah, and boy is it bonkers and equally boy I should have seen it coming because <laughs> when you think about it it's like oh yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah it's it's crazy it involves leather jackets and you kind of want it to do one of those CSI style, put your glasses on and just go, wow! <laughs> it's pretty damn cool. And actually may explain some of Metal Gear's subsequent lore mm. that following that timeline. Um, it's like, also like, it, it's worth looking up, think something about like Mission 51 or something, which explains like a significant story beat that got removed from the game. Right. Or something. There's, there's, um, Work in progress cutscene floating around YouTube um, that got out about you know what would have been in it, and yeah, some of my concerns about some of the storylines not making a great deal of sense or not being fully wrapped up or anything like that. This probably would have solved some of that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not saying that it's a great story arc for those characters, but they do a pretty it, they try and end it at least. It feels like a little bit of closure. Mm. Even if I think those characters are garbage, but you know. Also, I got to see, you know, obviously I got to see the the ending of Quiet Story, and that's actually quite well done. Like as weird as Quiet's role in that game is, they they do a pretty good job of finishing it off. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just oh, I, I so wish they'd just if that game had another year on it. And they hadn't like already made all the cutscenes. <laughs> like, if they if they had like hold, just given it a little bit longer to like iron out the kinks in the storyline, perhaps make the mission design a little bit more interesting. Um, that game would have been possibly the best game ever made. Like, you know, they, they, they could have done that. I think with this, but it, it falls short in such unfortunate ways. It's like, yeah. It would. It's hard to know if anyone would have ever got the budget to make MGS what it could have been. Well, they though. already used most of the money. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> but like, it's it strikes me as like that game. That game could have been super incredible. It's like it. It is good. It's a great game. Like as it stands. But man, it's is it hard to shake that feeling throughout all of chapter two that this could have been way better. Mm. And it's already great, so it's like that's that is a strange feeling to have. Like you know, this game is already really good. This game is totally not finished. <laughs> it's very strange, very strange feeling about that game. But you know, I ended up sinking way over eighty hours into it, which is way more than I thought I would put up with it. Yep, especially coming off the back of Ground Zeroes. <laughs> I bit of me kind of now actually wants to go back and play Ground Zeroes to see if I'm any good at it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Like to see if see if my opinions of it have changed. Even if I think like um, perhaps some of the level design in the Ground Zeroes like area perhaps isn't as hot, but in some ways Ground Zeroes feels more like an old Metal Gear game right. than than full on Phantom Pain does. Uh, 
weirdly enjoyed my time with it, as frustrating and odd as that game is. Yeah. I, it was a good buy. <laughs> it was a good buy. Did you actually buy it? I, I, did, I did actually buy it, yeah. <laughs> I was too intrigued towards the end of last year and was just like, I've, I've got to get in on this. Mm. Got lucky and found a good deal. And uh, yeah, got a Steam key. I don't know. It's been, been fun times. Fun times in the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I got the final countdown as my uh, helicopter music. Yes. Yeah. important. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like some of those helicopter musics are probably the best things you can find in that game, right? Because it's like I, you go through like a, like I have I've played like ten hours of the game with um, maybe longer with um, Rebel Yell playing on it, and it's like after a while you get I'm a bit bored of the tropper always turning up to this music, and then you discover a new bit of music, and it's like oh that would be funny to land land to Spandau Ballet, <laughs> <laughs> just playing true really casually. It's not even gold. It would have been way better if it was gold, but yes. <laughs> But it always starts at the problem is, is like partially that it always starts at the start of the track. Yes. So it's not like the most interesting parts of those songs, except like Final Countdown's case, because yes. that's all you really want. <laughs> that one actually has a good song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, build up. All you really want is that keyboard. <laughs> oh man, that's a, it's a great game. But know what you're getting into if you're coming into it late. Ah, what else have I been doing? I played through all of Grow Home. Yep. Which Zach has already talked about at length in the past. Yep. But uh, that was a very relaxing game. <laughs> yes. I mean, accidentally losing your grip because of procedural animationness and having a long way to fall is a bit of a pain in the ass, especially when you know, oh, how the hell I'm going to have to climb all the way back up this bloody thing. <laughs> it's not that terrible, usually, because, well, Firstly, because you had several different ways to recover and waste immediately. They don't hold you back from having the parachute get that straight away. And that's more normally more than enough to at least reduce the amount that yeah. you get fucked. Most of the time. And Most also time. because, you know, the first thing you do as soon as you start going upwards is immediately look for where the next glowing giant red checkpoint thing is. <laughs> <laughs> Find the teleport pad and then you're good. Yeah. Well, yeah, as soon as you... If, as soon as you start, you know, and they, the, the, the sort of red glow of the Telerouters is pretty yeah, nice. You can see it from Mars. <laughs> you can see it, yeah. So if you like, make it make a, a top tip, get those first. <laughs> Not really that much for a top tip. It's like really obvious tip. <laughs> is this the only tip you really need in that game? <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that and I did the uh, eight star seeds follow on mission. And the, get all the data. Yeah, I did thing, that. Which well. was technically additional. Yeah, and that becomes way. Again, top tip. That becomes way easier once you finish the game. Or once you get the crystals. Get the crystals. Yes. Get your fully powered. Definitely get the crystals. Um, I mean, some of those things still weren't that easy. Some of those no, are the, real bust. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, they resist too much. Yeah. Just, just come with me. <laughs> and also, like, your hands aren't that strong, right? If you put way too much momentum on them, they yeah. just sort of detach. You just sling them. Yeah. And they fall from us. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> I can't fall to catch up to you quickly enough. Uh, it's, it's a funny game in some respects. I just found it really relaxing. Like, it was exactly what I needed, I think, this last couple of weeks to just have with all the work and like frustration of it and stuff so it's just to go into that and just have a, a very zen like experience just go into that and have some peacock noises yep and yeah and sort of that, the, the, the subtle peacock noises weren't they the sort of they were the, were the ones uh, yeah it's a cool little game what was it I think I five hours ish I put into it yep something like that so 
And some of those achievements, I don't think I'm just never going to get because it's like, well, they're all for like you spend thirty minutes and yeah. take a thing. It's like, it's that's like not actually, even that's like a fifth of the length of this game. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I barely glided like, yeah. during my first. I didn't round like the leaf glider that much. No, I mean it got I mean, it got it got useful when I was trying to traverse large areas to look for the last yeah. star seed or something, or um, but I mean, to try and find the bloody Arctic meep. The other aerial things are much more useful. Yeah. Well, because yes. the glider the is the jet, just... the jet, the fully, the fully upgraded jetpack. Well, that's a, the cheap mode. Yep. But like the parachute is way more useful just for like it's because because with the glider you have a turning radius basically. That's yeah. why it's not as it's <laughs> easy a bit, to use. A little bit harder to get it get it to go where you want it to. And sometimes the camera doesn't help you with yeah. the glider. It's because um, you're in the middle of space. I guess it's like a little bit sometimes a little difficult to judge where you're actually going to be. Yeah. Um, and also, if you're using the glider, you can't use the parachute to break your fall in the way. Because really, what you want you is still you, sort of can. Well, you can, but you, what you really want is like both, so you can like glide towards a thing and then start falling, and then use the parachute to land precisely on the thing. But yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah, that, that would be. <laughs> you cool. can't break your forward momentum with yeah. the glider. Also, the glider has the risk where it's like if you don't, if you collide with something accidentally and don't stow it before that happens, it's like you lose it. Yeah, and it falls off, and you've got to try and catch it. <laughs> Um, I think I cheesed that achievement, by the way. It was like, lose your, lose your leaf and then pick it up again because my leaf basically just landed. So I walked over and picked it up <laughs> and then gave me the achievement. Uh, go home. That's... In all honesty, other than Rocket League, that's really all I've been doing. Like, not a lot. Yeah. Like, I stuck, stayed away from Halo because of my ranking. Yep, because your rank is low. Ugh, it ranked me way too high. And now I just... It puts me against people that are way better than me, and it's not a great deal of fun. Um, which I think is actually starting to happen with Rocket League now. Like, not in the ranking sense, but because like the casual stuff sort of tries to group you with people with lots of playtime, you know, based on your level or whatever. I just, I think the more I end up playing Rocket League and the way play ends up being, like in, you know, when you're not a noob, like it was more fun as a noob. Uh, that game. <laughs> I don't think it is because you just charge in. It's like no one's flying, no one's doing annoying maneuvers, no one's actually competent enough at intercepting. And it's like the intercepting is actually what makes that game really frustrating. That's why you have to get good at it. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just it doesn't always go your way because of the sandwich physics and it's yeah. I mean, veteran isn't that. It's still like the transitional period. There's not that much flying usually. Or if there is flying, it's not really that effective flying. Well, there is. It'll be like, like, oh, with you, oh, so I'm always... Yeah, I'm like, like, uh, no, that's the problem. We're already being added to expert stuff. So it's... Although if I'm playing, you know, even if I'm playing ranked solo, I still get a lot of that now. It's... Well, it's because you've ranked into something quite high. <laughs> well, speaking. I haven't. Well, I'm challenger still. That's not high, right? <laughs> it's mid. Yeah. That's exactly where I should be at all times. Squarely in the middle. <laughs> You listening, Halo? Put me in the middle. <laughs> but it's not like, you know, it's still even an uh, expert, it's pretty rare to come across the people. I mean, it's usually the people who are actually master that are also mixed in with the expert games. Yeah. They, those are the guys who actually can target flying. It whereas like, they can actually fly and hit the ball in a direction that's useful rather than just flying and hitting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is half, which is yeah, a larger part of the battle. Just trying to get get your car to actually touch the ball at those angles. It's like the thing with me is like it's just I'm always ugh, the worst part for me is like I'm always that split second late to things. 
like by the time my car turns around and I'm orientated and I go, right, go. It's like someone else has already got there. It's like, that, mm. well, yeah, it's yeah. like, is it just starting positioning? Is it luck? Is it, just, uh, I actually just don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Am I in the wrong location when the ball is in a certain spot? And it's like, I can't, it, it's stuff that I'm not really learning, I don't think. And that they, like, I'm not really gleaming from other players where I should sit. Well, that's what, what, I, what I was thinking about the other, the other day, but after we've been playing, where it was just like, it's all about predicting the bounce of the ball. And that's just something that's, it's not entirely intuitive because of the way, like, the ball decelerates so much on the impact. Like, when mm. it comes back off a wall, it doesn't come back in exactly the way you'd expect it to because it has that, like, weird, the soft deceleration that makes it fall shorter. Yeah. So it's, it is actually something that's not, like, based 100% on real-life physics, really. So it's not as intuitive as it could be. No, I mean, it sort of is, isn't it? Yeah, you lose a little bit of momentum each bounce, but... But yeah, it's a, because of the floatiness of it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Sometimes I, it's just uh, it probably is consistent, but sometimes it just doesn't feel it. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's consistent, but the trouble is like there's the trouble is that it's not smooth. I guess you could say like if you think about the shape of the arena, there's like the smooth curve at the bottom. The, the ceiling has like an incredibly not smooth curve, relatively speaking. So the ball will hit it and like. Well, like it does sometimes, where it goes up above the goal, hits the ceiling at that exact precise angle, and then comes yeah, straight yeah. down. Yeah, it's like there's a very precise like <laughs> slight indent, or something, it, like just as it starts to angle or something. It's it's still it's like if you drive up there, it still feels smooth, but I just don't think it is as smooth. Hmm. It's like there's less collision pollies or something on the roof. Yeah, maybe. Bank. <laughs> maybe. But yeah, that pretty... that could be one thing that can do it. But then, then it's just like. There's also well the sandwiching thing is the other problem for us. Like we seem to have as this, well, this only... is one of Kipper's biggest bugbears. It's like Kipper's okay, admittedly, <laughs> I don't he he doesn't he's never above the ball and being above the ball seems to be like one of the critical factors to being the winner of a sandwich situation. Yeah. But even then, like even when you know this fact and you're trying to get on top of it in order to try and shove it over the player that's also pushing the ball in the other direction, in especially with me. And I'm going to apply my normal gaming luck theory to this. It very rarely goes my direction. Very rarely. And it's like, that is ultra frustrating. Well, I think the real trick to, to it that like, is also not intuitive at all is like the way the jump, double jump and the roll interact with the sandwich physics is like really kind of important. It's like... Just if two people are just forward rolling into it, that's where it's pretty much random. Sure, but you can sort of influence it if you roll, even though you're still trying to hit it forward. If you roll hit it, it's like that could actually like make it come out in your favour somehow. Hmm. It's like it's not really that obvious, and it's still not something you can really intentionally do. It's just like you're trying to you're trying to influence it in the most safe direction, I guess, <laughs> instead of just ramming it. Yeah. So, what's your theory about how that? Do you have a like a set of rules as to whether that how you think that applies? Like so, whether okay, so you're charging straight. Two players will start charging straight over a ball, but you're you decide to adjust your angle subtly and right roll into it. Yeah. But so you're still okay. So uh, try try and visualize this if you can, listener. <laughs> uh, so you're effectively still heading straight straight down the pitch, but you're perhaps offset a yeah. little bit as a result, and you decide you decide to then roll in. So you're 
coming into a slight diagonal, I guess. Yeah, and trying to push it out sideways. Yeah. So... Because, of course, the trouble with that yeah, so, is... So that's what you reckon would happen in that scenario. Your, your role forces it sideways as opposed to... Well, the assuming of, the other the person... of your role or out the back of where you're leaving the gap? Well, that or... depends the precise timing of when you hit it. But yeah. It's like how far into the role your vehicle is when it hits the ball. Because if it's like if you're hitting it under you, you're pushing it out the opposite direction from your role. If, sure. you're, if you've come over or whatever, mm. if you're leaning forwards, it's, lot, it's, like, it's not even just the role. It's like your actual angle the as hitbox, well. Yeah. It's still difficult to really predict, but you know, you it, have... it it just, especially when you see like sometimes when you see it back on replays and like see the the sort of how a ball jiggled about as a result of two cars colliding, you just look at it and go, no. <laughs> well, that's why when you're doing like the, trying to stop goals like that, when it's the dribbling mainly is when yeah. it happens when they're dribbling in and you're like wait till the last minute to try and block it. It's just like, in those kind of cases, it's just like you're just trying to put as much of yourself in front of the ball as possible to reduce the number of possible angles that could get past you yeah, rather yeah. than intentionally trying to make it come out a certain direction. Although I have had it in the momentum of the ball that's just pushed me back. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that could be a problem if you don't double jump or roll. Because yeah. it's like that somehow the first jump is like, it's weird. It's like the first jump kind of doesn't give you any anti-ball momentum. Because <laughs> I use that sometimes when I'm like, Hit, trying to hit a ball softly, you use the single jump and just run into it. And that, like, because you don't have the roll momentum that it somehow gives you, it's like you just absorb a lot of the speed. Yeah, I think, yeah, perhaps during the roll, you're still applying force as opposed to just being freewheeling. Right? Yeah. So, it's... so that could be, like, useful sometimes. Yeah. But then if you do it wrong, you'll get punted. <laughs> also, I really wish they fixed. Uh, well, they won't now, but, like, I've always hated how if you just have just a little bit of you on the slope between base and wall, like for some reason your jump power seems vastly reduced. You just get no height. Well, that's you know that's why I don't go for those. Don't I? Yeah. I always try and get them in the air. Like even if it's running down the wall, I'm not I don't saying wait, that, yeah. to, wait for it to come no. down. I jump out of the goal and fly up alongside the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like I never go for that. But it's like, oh no, if, if you're on the wall, <laughs> it still feels like you get a. A reasonable jump path. Well, yeah, but if you're like, on it. But it's, it's just on that transition, that curve. When you try and jump off that, it feels like you get nothing. Yeah. And it's like, that feels like an error, like, or just a mistake, like, that they just, they probably can't go back and fix right now. Yeah. Because that's how the game is. But it's still, like, if you just clip it and jump at the wrong time, like, accidentally, and it screws you up, they're just like, oh, come on. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, but, you know, you, you try not to once you figure that out. The trouble is it still that, happens every now and then. The trouble is that you, like... Or sometimes your brain goes, oh, that would be awesome, right? If I, like, get a little bit up the wall... <laughs> and jump diagonally. And then I use the jump power to jump diagonally. This is going to push the ball exactly where you need to, and, of course, then the jump fails. Yes. And it's like, ugh. But, like, the trouble is that that also leads to, like, the opposite problem is, like, once you... What the, where, when you've adapted to not doing that, it means you either have to be flying up to get it before it hits the ground, or you start trying to do the stupid thing, which you also should do, of trying to hit it exactly as it hits the ground. Because that inevitably always, always somehow manages to find the precise angle to go directly over you and as you drive through the tiniest hole yeah. in between it and the wall. Oh, yes, I always, I always <laughs> if I, even if I am trying to get the time of ground hit, I'll be slightly airborne. And yeah. they do that, or specifically forward roll into it or something. Yes, like, yeah, you have to jump from not the slope. <laughs> which is, yeah, we, could, we can't really tell you while we're playing because we, we kind of fear your rage, Kippers, a little bit. 
But that is pretty much what happens to you when you think you've gone through the ball, is you're under it slightly. He needs to, he needs to play in the van. Get that bigger hitbox. <laughs> if, that is if that's even, even true, yeah. <laughs> your, your Wii U is telling us about Pokemon by the looks of it. It's been doing that all day. It's been basically, ever since that direct happened, it's basically going, hey, Pokemon. Hey, guys, Pokemon. It's only you want some Pokemon? Like 11 months away, probably. Have some Pokemon. Yeah, holiday 2016. <laughs> have some Pokemon. You want to have a day, you won't have a day night cycle. Like, do you reckon the sun, the sun game is entirely doing, like, the plot is slightly different, so, like, like night doesn't exist in the sun game. And no, and you still have a day night cycle. And, and your mission is to find the moon. <laughs> and, like, also, because the day night cycle is kind of important for, like, certain Pokemon. Mm. You can only make an Umbreon at night, and you can only make an Espeon during the day. Check it out just Actually, be a name. that's true. Check it out just be a name, like the others. Yeah, probably. It or, or maybe the starting Pokemon will be a sun type. Well, there are probably moon. Type. There already are Pokemon that are like the sun and the moon. It's okay. not really. They're rock types. They're rock psychic. Okay, but they're from space, obviously. One of them looks like a sun, and one of them looks like a moon. It's my prediction. They'll be like sun and moon types. They'll probably be important at some point. Yeah, and then there'll be some kind of legendary sun thing. Galaxy type. Yep. The trouble is they've already used like every legendary. Like overarching, it's like they already had space and time and garden, <laughs> and, and like, like anti world. What about spaghetti monster? Well, maybe George Lucas. <laughs> Not Star Wars. They just specifically put George Lucas in there, and he's the worst Pokemon in the game, so you can wail on him. So speaking of Pokemon, because this is also relevant to like the legendary Pokemon situation. Keith David was a Pokemon. <laughs> You'd be like, Keith David, I choose you. Keith David. <laughs> exactly. That'd be the best. I've been playing Mystery Dungeon, Super Mystery Dungeon. Why are you still playing that? That's not why am I still playing it, it's the new one. Oh, that was the new one. Oh, oh. I, I really didn't tell the difference. Well, it doesn't look that much different in the actual game bar, obviously, because it's still the same kind of thing. Still what's dungeons. The, what's its proper name now? Is it just Super, po- Super Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? Yeah, that's it. Which is kind of dumb in its own way. For various reasons. And then, so, not to immediately start with spoilers, I guess, but, you know, the story of this game does a ridiculous amount of work with legendary Pokemon, but not really. Actually, the whole story is kind of weird in general. The, the thing that's weird about the story is the flow of it is w- really weird. Whereas, like, you spend the first third of the game doing basically nothing related to the main story at all. I, yeah, it's it's sort of tutorial, but it's like nearly a third of the game. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and you're like, when is the main story actually going to come back? Because yeah, yeah. at the start, there's a thing that happens where you like you wake up and you get attacked by bad guys, and you find a friendly guy, and you retreat to this village, and he's like, oh shit, let's hope those bad guys don't find us. And then you spend like a third of the game, and it's like, well, I guess those bad guys still haven't found us. <laughs> And then eventually, at some point, it's like, oh, there was rumours that we saw the bad guy somewhere near the village, we better leave. And then there's, like, another whole third of the game where virtually nothing else happens. Mm. You've just moved to a different town. And then in the last third, everything happens. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, weird. it gets super dense suddenly. Hey, they probably saved some writers. <laughs> some, some money. Yes. But yeah, and then it all gets ridiculous with Legendary Pokemon, and every single goddamn Legendary Pokemon turns up in a big mess at the end. It's basically turn into Pokemon the movie. I sort of. <laughs> I guess Mewtwo is there. Hey, Mewtwo. Although he's a good guy. What? 
for some for no apparent reason. Is it still set in this weird the weird world where it's like Pokemon are people? Yeah, sort of thing? basically. Although it's also really weird because it all like it makes references to the previous game like super directly, but not really because like you can talk to you because you're going around recruiting all the different Pokemon, and in this game, it's like. Every one Pokemon is an individual one that you collect. Mm. Rather in the previous game where it was more like normal Pokemon, where you just find wild ones and then eventually they join you, and you can get multiples of the same one. Oh, okay, right. There's only one of each. There's only like one of each one in this in this version that you that you can have. That you can have, but there's still wild ones. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but so you're going around doing so that. There's, there's like sentient ones and animal ones, basically. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a, there's certain dungeons where they specifically say it's like, oh, all the enemy Pokemon here are illusions. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't think that applies everywhere. <laughs> okay. There's just like generic bad ones as well out in the regular world. But so you can get the specific Pokemon and they reference the last game directly where it's like the one where it's like, oh, here's the guy who ran this shop in the previous game and you talk to him and he says, oh, I used to run this shop in this other town and it was really good and I talked to this other dude who you can also get. <laughs> like, so they make very direct references to the previous game, but like, it's not it's not tied in any way to this game, <laughs> as far as right. I can tell. It's, like, it's just basically text. It's just like a, a thing where they're like, oh yeah, you remember that other game? They, Don't worry about it. <laughs> they, they just talk about it and then immediately pretend it doesn't. It, it, it immediately doesn't matter. It's like it, it doesn't seem like it's the same world, even though those guys are in it and they talk about the whole thing. Sure. <laughs> and like maybe you know, remember that whole other game where we saved the world before, and then we're just going to do basically the same thing in this game. Big and wedge. So, <laughs> but it's also like strange because in this game you travel between different continents. And there's like five different continents, and you unlock the ability to go to the different ones, and they all have different dungeons in or whatever. Mm. So I'm like, will there be a point where I go to the continent that was the original game, and maybe even go to the town from the original game? Because they could do that if they wanted. It's true. <laughs> but whether did they will or not. Did it load your save? No. Game? That okay, was the so thing I was like... thinking about. Yeah. I was thinking whether there would be a save transfer mechanism mm. of some kind. I mean, it would have to, it would only have to pull a tiny amount of general data we're going to have to actually pull the same <laughs> so what mechanically is different this time does is it does it warrant the new version well the thing about it is it just more of the same the thing about it is it's like it's weirdly half and half because the actual dungeon part is generally better like the dungeon layouts are slightly more varied mm. and there's certain more random parts yeah more random parts and they can be put together in slightly different ways not that much differently but then there's also like uh, Pokemon of certain types can do certain things and it actually matters slightly more than the previous game oh sort of environmental yeah environmental stuff like in in a lot of the uh, especially the earlier levels but I guess in a lot of the levels there'll be like like rivers that run through the level that you can use as alternate paths when you're a water type so you don't have to follow the tunnels you can go along the rivers instead okay yeah which is sort of okay i guess but not really it's like i, I was thinking I was like there doesn't really seem to be much reason to do it apart from it being there because like you can go along them and 
avoid all the enemies that you actually want to fight because you want experience, I guess. <laughs> it's not actually that helpful. And also, if you have any non-water types in your team, they just get left behind and go wandering off on their own and then probably get killed because they're rubbish. <laughs> right. It's like, it's not, you, if you make a team that entirely consists of water Pokemon, then maybe that's a, you know, legitimate strategy. And then there's also other types that can do, like, I guess flying types can also use those water paths because they just fly over it. Mm. And then, like, ghost types can just straight up go through all the walls. They don't even have to use any paths. They can just go between room to room directly. (laughs) Nice. Which is also weird. Yeah. Make a team of ghost types and then do that, I guess. Oh, I see. Oh, right. No, sorry. Just just peg, yeah, because your team just sort of trails behind. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. And then there's, there's, so what, when you go back into an area they can reach, they come back to you, or, or do you have to go find them again? Well, I'm not sure that part of the AI has been improved because the AI in general has been slightly improved. Like when you enter into one of the big rooms, your teammates tend to try and spread out and like position themselves at the right range if they're using ranged attacks. Like oh, okay. they'll, they'll align along diagonals and stuff yeah. to make sure they can all hit the same target and things. Yeah, smart, which is nice. But I don't think they necessarily try to find their way back to you if they lose you. And then maybe there's a setting, like in team orders or something, where you can well, tell them to. They'll just, they'll just hang up. They'll just wander around generally, oh, okay. unless you tell them to stop moving. In which case, you can do that. Hmm. I'm not sure they can. You can tell them specifically. Oh, and the other thing that is like while they're wandering around, now they at least discover the map, which is nice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so they don't, they don't just literally wander around the area left, and they can. They will. Well, they'll literally wander. They won't intentionally try and discover undiscovered areas, but they will reveal the map as they're wandering around. Okay. <laughs> So that's slightly better in this game. You should, you should be able to have a setting like where your your like split off team can like you know, set your team to stick together or something, and when you're not there. Well, I mean, nor- normally if you lose them, I mean there are items you can get if you want, where you can just use an item and warp everyone back to you. Okay, right. <laughs> this is sort of the solution to that whole problem. Mm. But yeah, so the AI, AI is slightly better, and like the battle systems are slightly better. It's sort of. It's sort of better and worse. I think they've made like UI errors is their main problem, where mm. if you have a move that has a range, it only tells you if you specifically go and look at that move. Like if you go yeah, into right, the stat it's not, screen... It's not, it's not immediately apparent how far the move goes. No. Like, it doesn't put like an Advance War style grid on screen. Or... No. I mean, your teammates will use the move at the maximum range, so that's mm. at least good. Right, yeah. <laughs> they're clever enough to stay at the maximum range if they've so got if you a have range a similar move. move. You know, like, oh, I could just match where they are. Yeah. But, yeah, it'd be nice if it told you actually on the move selection icons, because it, te- it has an icon for... So if you, you try and use it and it just, just fails? Yeah, it just misses. The move fails. Yeah, it just misses. Mm. But it's like, it has an icon for corner cutting, which is a different thing. Like, if there's a right-angled wall, you can use moves diagonally across that corner if it's got the corner-cutting icon. So it tells you that much, just not the range. <laughs> Which can be confusing sometimes, because I always get, I'm like, this move can corner-cut, but can it corner-cut only one square, or is this a range move that can corner-cut multiple squares and corner-cut? <laughs> and then if you've got a big Pokemon, one of the ones that takes up three squares technically, but doesn't really, which is weird in itself... It's like they can move down one square passageways. They yeah, only okay, technically right. they're only technically one square wide for passageways, but they are technically three squares wide for attacking and, and moves. Yeah, okay. So they can hit like nine squares in front of them because mm. they're three squares big. And they can corner cut if they're diagonal. <laughs> so it's like those big ones get kind of complicated. 
yeah, so it's like they have to think of them as mushrooms in a way, right? That they 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 they, they stand on a single they stand on a single point, but then they're like sort of bigger on top. Yeah, tiny legs. So yeah, that <laughs> tiny legs. That's all fine. Like the actual dungeon part is okay. Charizard on a unicycle, and they've sort of streamlined a lot of the like items, I guess. I they sort of semi streamlined it in some ways and like made it more annoying in others. Where they they basically every dungeon now has hunger as a mechanic, which used to only exist in certain hard mode dungeons in the old game. So now you always have to bring food with you, and you're constantly draining hunger as you move around, and you know you have to pick up extra food wherever you can or whatever. So that's that just generally makes the game slightly harder, and I think in general the game is slightly harder. Like enemies seem to have enemies seem to be like weirdly buffed with lots of extra health. Like, it doesn't seem to work just on the standard Pokemon system of, like, they're at this level so they have this much health. It's like, enemies just seem to have more health than they usually would if it was just a Pokemon game. (laughs) So that can just make it more difficult in general. And then, you know, there's mini-bosses and stuff that have way more health, like a ridiculous amount. They'll have, like, well over 500 hit points and you have to use all of your team Although, on the counter of that, they've made it much easier to use the team attacks. It's not, it used to be a thing that built up over time, whereas now it's just a thing you can do. And you basically, each of your teammates, as you go through this menu, where you choose one of your moves to be in the team attack. Oh, okay. So you can specifically be like, oh, I want you to do a status effect move because it combines with my other moves that are going to follow it or whatever. Oh, I see. And this all just happens at the same time? Does it cost like. The turn it, of everyone, or there, yeah. must be a, there must be a downside. I mean, it uses everyone's turn simultaneously, mm. and it uses some extra hunger as well, obviously, oh, to okay. prevent you from doing it too much. But yeah. you can do it quite a lot, okay. especially if you're in a boss battle. You just burn it as fast as you can. The sort of stamina thing. Yeah, essentially. The game still have like things like PP. Yeah, I mean that's one of the other things where they made it slightly more complicated on the item front is they brought back the distinction between elixirs and max elixirs because in the previous game you only had max elixirs and they just restore your PP to full. Sure. But in this one they brought back the distinction between regular and max where regular only restores 10 okay, instead yeah. of just maximum. And the same for reviving. Now you have tiny reviver seeds that only revive you to full health and then you have proper reviver seeds which revive you and give you all your hunger and pps back as well okay right yeah so that's like life too i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then the actual thing that makes it more complicated in the dungeon aspect is now you instead of you used to have equipment basically in the previous game but it was basically a one thing it was basically these scarves you put on the scarf and it gives you one bonus like prevents confusion or a slight boost to attack or whatever but, so now you have those again, basically, except they have slots like materia. So the, the things you can wear that give you the, the singular buff also have a bunch of slots, and then you can put things into those slots to give you even more buffs. Okay, it's like a gem system. Yeah, but those those like gem slot items that you get, you only get them inside the dungeons and they don't persist. So basically oh, every time you start from fresh and you have to go around collecting them, and it sort of gives you more of an incentive to actually to explore go, a bit more. Looting, yeah. yeah, to get as many items as you can. So you build up your power over the course of the dungeon, and that can be important if you're like going to do a boss at some later stage. Yeah, yeah. You want to try and collect as many of those as you can. Oh, that's neat. That seems like a good idea. So that's all good. But then on the other hand, the bit where they weirdly simplified it is they basically completely removed the metagame, the whole village building thing. 
Oh, that weird. doesn't exist at all any longer. So it's just all about the dungeoning. Yeah. So does that mean there's much of a point in doing the just grinding like you were before, or well, that, does that reduce the need to go back so much? Well, or? I think the trick is that they because they because the meta game was like the grinding for the materials and building the village before. Mm which wasn't necessarily that profitable in terms of, like, your reward for the actual effort, right, yeah. you could say. Which is why it's like, surely they can make this better. Just speed up the or lower the material requirement. Or make, or or make the rewards, like, more interesting. Yeah. But instead of just getting rid of it. But the thing about that is now that there's, there's so many more different dungeons, and because you've, you're trying to basically collect all 725 Pokemon... That'll take a goddamn long time. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really need to be any of, of, of the metagame to, like, extend the length of the game. Sure. But you just think it would have been nice to have someone else to do some other target to have well, I mean, while doing the Pokemon hunting. It's just because... It's like, in the previous game, that metagame was a lot of grain for not much reward, but you could see how it could be better. And so they just got rid of it. <laughs> it was like you had an opportunity to just make this better, but instead you just decided to focus on the other half of the game, I guess, which is a op- valid option, I suppose. But <laughs> it still feels weird to not for it not to exist at all. Yeah, maybe maybe if I didn't add anything, maybe that was customer feedback or whatever. It's just like yeah, it's a bit kind of doesn't make sense. And and sort of the other trouble with the collecting all the Pokemon method, like method of this game is just like it sort of devalues every individual Pokemon because like they all level up simultaneously because everyone gets experience just like in the last game mm. so and you, you, in your team or no everyone all, mm. all of them okay so that's, there's, that's a bit odd there's no real reason to take any one specifically apart from like type advantage so yeah. if you know what you're coming up against in the dungeon you can be like oh well I'll just take all fire types because this is a grass dungeon <laughs> or whatever but that doesn't mean you have to pick any one particular that you like yeah so. you don't have any commitment to any one specifically and it even sort of incentivizes you to do that because occasionally there'll be free Pokemon on one day where it's just like these Pokemon are motivated so take them and you get bonus experience and it's like well I'll just take them there's no there's no downside really they're just free yeah, Pokemon yeah. and they're all more or less the same level yeah that to me that, that strikes me as a bit of a problem I quite like the whole you know you get invested in your character thing. Yeah, that's why games like, a team. that's why games like SteamWorld and XCOM work in some capacity right you sort of well the, you know everyone's individual leveled based on their performance in the missions right so yeah. it's like a, you know that, that is part of the reason for you to then think about that stuff to like you know, oh, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use Harry because he's a ridiculous sniper. I'm going to use this guy. It's not that I can't train another sniper. It's just that he's my best, <laughs> and he's already got levels. Yeah, but it's it's basically the same thing that we were talking about before the podcast about Pokemon, which is like at the point where you've got 720 Pokemon, that's like too many. He's like, especially in this game where there's not as much differentiation. You don't. Mm. There's no reason to differentiate because you've got like. Oh, I've got 20 fucking fire types to choose from. I don't pick any three I it's, don't really get. <laughs> yeah, I can see your point, man. It just sort of starts to feel a bit like an arbitrary number yeah. to a point, at a point. And also, I I was kind of even more disturbed by it when it's like... <laughs> disturbed. Because when you look at the like connection map where you're trying to collect all the Pokemon, and it's like... I I can't remember. I think I've like, collected like 150-odd, and I've met like 400 or something. And then, you know, the connections are spreading and you do missions 
and that's how you collect more. So yeah. uh, in order to actually get more, you do have to do the missions or just there's some way you just talk to them and they're like, oh, now we're connected or whatever. <laughs> well, but you get them. But then at some point I discovered that it's not even just 720 Pokemon because for no particular reason, this game for some reason also makes distinguishment between... Distinguishment. Distinguishment. I like that. Yep. It makes distinguishment <laughs> between like <laughs> males and females. Of, How much you need to get... Like a thousand and no, or it's only males and females where there's a visual difference. Because in some of the later generations of Pokemon, I think it was probably introduced in black and white. They started making it so even when it doesn't really matter, there's a visual difference between the male and female version. Okay, right. Like well, Pikachu, that's still kind of cool. Like Pikachu has like a little notch in the tail on okay. the female, yeah. but. So in this game, male and female completely irrelevant. I don't think it even. I don't think there's any way you can even see whether they're male and female, apart from knowing that there's this visual difference between the two. Oh, right, they just are. Well, it's kind of cool that they did that. Then, like, there, there isn't a mechanic for it, but like, well, it, they're at least there. It's kind of cool, but then, like, how many extra Pokemon has that just added to this list of? It was already seven hundred twenty. Add like another fucking hundred to that, mm. and then there's even more. Like, well, this is only one case, but for some reason they decided. Let's include every version of that stupid Pokemon from Gold and Silver, which is based on the alphabet. So there's another 26 Pokemon for you to get for no um, particular reason. What, the, the, are they the Anon? Yeah, the Anon. Yeah. Like, I have all of them as well, because why not, I guess? Yeah, wow. And they're all the same. <laughs> Those ones specifically. They can only learn one move, and they all have it. And all their stats are probably the same. Actually, I'm not entirely sure about that, but... They're not different enough for me to care, that's for sure. Yeah, they really count as 26 different ones in the original. Like, or did you just get one and it's like, there you go, you've got, you've got a non, you don't need well, to worry about the other shapes. If you were talking about uh, in Gold and Silver, it did only count as one Pokedex entry, but you could get them all. And I think there was a way, I'm not sure if it was in Gold and Silver or like the next game, but there was a way to cycle the image in the Pokedex through all the different versions oh, that you so, had. Hmm. So it was semi-completionist. Yeah. Just not a step. No. So yeah, there's way more than 720 Pokemon by the looks of it. Because it does include all the legendaries and stuff. But they haven't held back like Mew and whatever. Those are in there. So, so they're, they're not part of the 720 list then? Or? No, they are. Okay. They're just like, they're just in there at some point. Okay. At some point you'll get everyone. Mm. So yeah, that's a lot of fucking missions. I'm all about that Zapdos. <laughs> yep. Still love the Zapdos. He's such a spiky bird. He's such a spiky bird. He's so spiky. <laughs> So it's such a badass. Although, Everything else in Pokemon is a little bit flouncy, right? Not all of them. is a badass. But uh, sort of contrary to that, everything that I just said, you don't actually have... It's not It's not a one-to-one ratio. Like, you don't do one mission and get one Pokemon. There's a lot of cases you'll do one mission and for... You'll, do, you'll talk to one Pokemon, get the mission for that Pokemon, and then once you complete that mission, it'll be like, oh, here's all my friends as well. Oh, I see. So yeah. it's just like, oh, you get like five. Okay. So there's probably <laughs> that just sounds sounds so wrong the way you describe it. It's like do this mission, you get me, and I'll bring my friends. <laughs> it's just pretty much how it goes. Pokemon soliciting. That's really weird how that you can like they'll be bad. You do missions where it's a trap, where it's like they it's a trap. You walk into a room, it's like ah, oh, it's a trap. This this evil Pokemon has lured you in here, and then you fight a bunch of its friends or whatever. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? It's a Keith David. <laughs>
But you'll do that. You'll beat Arnold. <laughs> yes, Arnold. <laughs> you'll beat, beat, beat the trap, and then like the bad guy will be like, oh, I'll still come with you, I guess. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> they, they only care for that one time, and then they're like, oh, I guess I'm good now. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I finished. They're, they're, all, they're all a bit, they don't really have conviction. No. That's what you're saying. Pokemon are quite like, uh, well, I don't, I don't fancy losing again, so I'll join, join you guys. Yeah. I'll join the winning team. <laughs> yeah. So, I finished it. You know. It still took quite a fucking long time because of the weird way it was slow for the first two thirds of the game, mm. where and then, and then like all the story happens in the last third. It did do. A, I think maybe it did too many twists. <laughs> really? Well, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, here's here's a twist, and then it's like that twist didn't mean anything. <laughs> the twist is that that twist wasn't a twist. Well, oh. no, it was just like his his. A continuation of the same twist, I guess you could say. No, oh, it twists forever. It was more like betrayals, I suppose. Yeah. Not to give too much away about the story, but it was just like there were several, and it was like I trust that ghost. But then it was, it was because because of the way everything was crammed into that last third, it just seemed like they were coming too fast. It was like you only just got over the first betrayal. It's like oh, here's another one. <laughs> here's another one. Keep going. It's it's meow, isn't it? It's always meow. <laughs> no, it's not. But, That's right. <laughs> but then you get to the end of the game and there is one more decent twist, which was good. It's basically, if you've played the previous game, what happens at the end of this game, not even at the end of the game, really, I guess it's in the epilogue, like the po- start of the post-game. That twist was like, I, f- I thought I knew where it was going. It was like, oh, no, it's actually not like the previous game. That's cool, I guess. Mm. Still not really. Actually, I'd say the epilogue in this game is less good than the previous one. Because it, it's weird because they try and make... As, in the previous game, they made it this whole epic trial of the epilogue where you're like, even though you've fucking saved the entire world, you still have this thing you need to do in the, post, in the start of the post-game. And they made that quite an epic trial in the previous game. In this one, they try and do the same thing again, basically, except it's not really as epic. It's just like two levels and then you're done. <laughs> okay. And it doesn't really. Does some mopping up. It doesn't quite have a, quite have have as much impact story wise in this right. one. It seems it, like it, it doesn't really matter. It's just it, like it is literally cleaning up. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot easier. Mm. You're just like, oh, I just go to the end of these two dungeons and then a thing happens. But it wasn't even a very epic thing, and then we good. <laughs> okay. Whereas in the last game, it was like, oh, I'm going to struggle through these three or four I, dungeons. I've got this personal strife I need to yeah. deal with. Get to the end of this thing, and then there's a whole big dramatic moment where you're like, ooh, and then me and Snivy, we've got some things to say. Yes. Basically, in the previous, uh, talking about all the Pokemon I know, by the way. Yeah. Right? Talking about the previous oh, pseudo widow, yeah. Talking about there better be a pseudo widow. Yeah, of course, there is. He better be amazing. He did yeah. Talking about spoilers for the previous game. Mm-hmm. After you've saved the world, when you go to do the epilogue thing, you basically come to the point where you might destroy the whole world again. Nice, <laughs> and you're like, no, and then you recover. I see. <laughs> so that's how that, that was like. That's the more epic version. <laughs> so I might have just screwed everything up. Yep, basically. And they try to do it again, but they don't. Not quite. Oh, and also, the other weird thing that I thought was... It's one of those classic things for us where it's like, is this just a weird Japanese culture thing that we don't know? But there's a bit in towards the end of this game where <laughs> they basically do the, the stupid thing from the Bahamut fighting advent children. Like, right. like throwing you so up. Yeah. They just do that in this game, and I was like, well, that's weird. 
<laughs> don't know where that came from. It's kind of cool, though. It was slightly less epic in this game. I mean, mainly because at least two of the Pokemon involved can fly, so that <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of gets rid of half the weight of yeah, this. Yeah, someone could just... Well, it, it wasn't the idea of the, uh, the Final Fantasy one that he's gaining speed with each throw yeah, or something. He's, yeah. like, transferring momentum somehow. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but, you know. Yeah. But in this one, it's like, well, two of them... They're already pretty high. Like, how can the team... How did the rest of the team get that high in order to throw him further? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. But in this one, it's just like, well, these two Pokemon can just fly, so what, what is the problem here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just go up there and zap him. Get zap Doss on the case. He'll sort it out. Apparently, they can't fly fast enough. They need to sling you somehow. Physics. <laughs> or lack thereof. And also, the other, the other part of this game, which is slightly more epic, is like, spaces involved. Ooh. There's actually quite a lot of, uh, you know... Uh, the environment. There's more environments. Well, like I said about the, like, now you go to all the different continents of the world and whatever. Mm. It's a much more global game, I guess you could say. Like, the whole planet. Maybe this is another weird Japanese culture thing where it's like, oh, the will of the planet, whatever, you know, in the live stream. Oh, yeah, yeah. So not quite. <laughs> not quite <laughs> and then in space. Yeah. There's probably one in space flying around. Yeah. Shit. Space mom. And then, of course, they can just survive in space for no apparent reason. <laughs> no one needs air. Even though you literally do at the end of the game. It's like, oh, you go into this dungeon, which is in the stratosphere, so it's really hard to breathe until you evolve. For some reason, that makes you better at breathing. <laughs> okay. But yeah, they breathe in space. <laughs> well, the space boat won't breathe in space, or presumably okay. don't breathe in space. So like a space type? No, there's just certain Pokemon that are deemed to have come from space. Okay. Which is also weird in itself. Which is like, these Pokemon might actually be aliens, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's Pokemon. Pokemon. All that stuff. Oh, and, you know, the music is still good. Good. It actually also imports quite a lot of the tracks from the previous game. Uh, okay. So what, you've just got a generally bigger soundtrack like that's yeah. a bit more varied, I suppose, as you're playing it. And there's also a few remixes of tracks from the older games. Oh, nice. Which, of course, I wouldn't recognise, but, you know... But they're there. They have a specific icon, so that's where I know. That's cool. <laughs> I know they're from there. So, if someone came off the back of the last game, can you really... But I'm, I think, I, like, in my head, I, think, I, I can't quite make the argument for someone who played the last one to play this one. Because they sound the same. Just, you know, mostly the same. Well, it's just that the... Is, or is it, like, if... Would you say, like, someone new to the series, so, oh, yeah, play, play the first one, or play the second one, or if you've already played the first one, what do you say? Um, well, if they're new, then you probably just can go straight to this one. Yeah. Don't need to play the previous one. Either. So this, is this one the better of the two? Yeah. And, yeah. and that only really... I guess you could say that maybe only really applies to these two, because there is potentially reason to go back to the older ones because they're actually more different because of the, you more know, the hardware. Yeah. And they're not just basically exactly the same thing again. Sure. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it's clearly, an, you know, reuse the end and reuse the assets, that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Just add more to it. That's a cheaper build. So it's clearly a sequel mm. rather than the previous ones where it's like these are just games in the same style, I guess you could say. Mm. But then if you played the previous one, I guess, you know, if you liked the gameplay part of the previous one and aren't too worried about losing that whole meta game bit, then <laughs> this game is just better. More better gameplay and more, you know, more different dungeons, more layouts, more options. More. It's just more. All right. So Zach's official review is more better. Yep. More better. Good. (laughs) 
very, very loud. <laughs> very much better. <laughs> uh, you got my chance? Well, I also played a fair bit of Skid City Skylines. No, yeah, I saw you get back into that. Is this with the expansion stuff? Well, or? no, I didn't buy the expansions. It was just because they... You just want to play One of the expansions came... The most, the second expansion came out recently, and that caused me to remember to play City Skylines more. Uh, fair enough. I was thinking about the game, and then I was like, yeah, I should play that. <laughs> <laughs> the news of DLC made you just play the game. <laughs> not um, buy the And not spend any money. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Success. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I should really play more of that game. Fuck the extra money I need to give you. Well, it's because I wasn't done with the base game, essentially. I guess, yeah. Which is what I was trying to do now, where I was like, I, I, yeah, still, I only unlocked three of the five monuments that have specific, like, they, they don't necessarily force you to design a city specifically for it, because if you, if you, make the unlock conditions in any city they stay unlocked for all cities sure so you only have to do each of the unlock conditions arbitrarily at random times you don't have to do them sequentially or whatever but i never got round to doing the last the last few unlock conditions for the last two monuments so i was like oh let's just go vanilla and go in there and try and make a city to fulfill the requirements except one of them is like they the unlock requirements for the monument are basically just make a really fucking big city. <laughs> right. well, they're basically like, oh, build 10,000 squares of residential, build 10,000 squares of industrial, build 20,000 squares of commercial. <laughs> and that's like, not easy. Well, in actual design, I guess that's build, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not as easy as you think it would be. It's quite easy to do the residential one, but it's really difficult to do the other three, especially in the same city. Because it's like, you've got 10,000 industrial, 20,000 commercial and 10,000 officers. And for that, you're going to probably need like four times as much residential. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you're making a really fucking big city. So I was like, oh, well, obviously what you want to do is only use low density, no skyscrapers, maximum number of tiles per house. <laughs> I guess, yeah. What a force them to build small housing. So yeah, I've been trying to do that. It's still taking quite a while. But the trouble is that while I'm doing this, I'm thinking about mods. Because I'm like, you know, as soon as I look at the road network and I'm like, these turning lanes are all fucked up. I wish I could change that, but I can't because I need to get these achievements, which you need to do without mods. Mm. I mean, certain mods apparently don't necessarily disable achievements. Oh, well, they're deemed okay. Yeah, they're deemed okay. But it's just like... I'm... That is a cosmetic, mostly. Yeah, probably. Mechanical. Yeah. But it's just like, even then, it's just like, I want to do it vanilla. <laughs> yeah. Because that's just what you do for achievements. So I've been trying to get through this and just unlock these last few things and then I can start modding. Because I went and looked at the mod list and looked at what's there now and it seems like a lot of the things that we were thinking should be in there, like fixing turning lanes and stuff, the main like big traffic mod seems to be quite advanced and pretty goddamn cool by the sounds of it. It adds like a whole bunch of extra road types, like better numbers of lanes, like single lane one ways and three lane one ways so you can transition better between a six lane road. And like bus lanes, if you want, if you want to make roads that have specific bus lanes, so your buses don't get clogged up, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that seems cool. And then also, like, there's mods for actually editing the turning lanes very directly. I, I don't know which mod this was, but I saw in a video I was watching where you zoom, he zoomed into a into a crossing, and then like it basically showed like little lines where like pointed from each in, in, incoming lane to each outcoming lane like you could draw which like 
tie each of the ins and outs together so you can yeah, say yeah. like this lane goes across on the left and this lane goes only across or whatever you see that's only cool if it starts actually drawing like little areas on the floor or like to show, well, it, to it, show you the it lane it modifies the actual tile you know like the road markings okay cool. because you know that's not too complicated no but it also like it seems like you could lay it out a lot better but then again as we said at the time when i first talked about this like that's a fucking lot of micro rad. Yeah. <laughs> to zoom into each individual dragon and be like, no, this way. But that's, that's what people do, man. Someone's got to do that job in real life. Yes. Might as well be you. I was game. very tempted to see if, because I hadn't installed any mods, but I was very tempted to see if the one that basically just gives you length and angle numbers when you're dragging roads, whether that one works with the achievements. Because mm. that'd be well useful. It's like then you don't have to guess. You just be like, oh, I made this one five hundred foot long. Although technically, you can do that by just the value most of the time. If oh, you're how just, much money? Is yeah, if you're just drawing on flat terrain, it's like, oh, that road was a thousand, so this road is, which is also a thousand, is the same length. Yeah, I guess if you know the rate, then that's not a problem. But then the angles and like the angles is obviously useful for doing stuff like not just angles. Like, where you, if you're doing a Y split and you want it to actually be a right angle in the middle, sure. that's usually helpful and kind of difficult to do by standard. But then there's also, if you want to make properly spaced smooth curves and stuff, where it's like you can actually measure them, measure the radius and work out exactly how, how to draw it, mm. rather than just keep doing it over and over until it looks right, and then maybe it isn't. Which is the problem I had last time I tried to make a circular scene. <laughs> right. It's a lot of messing around drawing it out and trying to remember where it's like oh this thing was a radius of 20 so I'm going to go 20 up and then join them with a perfect arc which means I have to draw 20 out and then 20 down to make the right angle which forms the curve because of the yeah. way you draw curves in that game yeah yeah I can see that so yeah maybe at some point I'll get to the mods I don't know maybe at some point I'll get to the DLC <laughs> who knows you see what the, the, their tagline was for some of the DLC this is the winter of content yep <laughs> it's pretty good except it's not really it's the winter of one DLC, which is also based on winter. So you was, know. was it two now? Yeah, yeah. It's the, the nighttime one and the winter one. Yeah, which I think they tagged the second one as streetcars to desire or something. Something to do with a streetcar named Desire. Yeah, they have trams. Streetcars, and that was one of the weird things that came from mods. They ported in the slightly better uh, public transport UI from a mod. Oh, okay, cool. Where it doesn't actually really help that much. Basically, it means that when you click on like the public transport overlay, you can open up a full list that shows you all the routes and their color and their name. Okay, and you can name them from there, which makes it slightly easier to keep things under control. Mm -hmm. And you can like toggle visibility on them all. So if you've got a bunch overlapping, you can see only the ones that you want to edit at the time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's like that's slightly better, but it's still. It's still operating on the base systems, which means that what I actually want is a mod is inevitably it will be in the traffic traffic mod. But what you actually want is like direct control of number of buses on a bus route and that kind of stuff. Because mm. you know it also generates it based on the number of bus stops, but that's not actually that doesn't work. A lot of times you'll be like, oh, I'll just have to make the same route three times on top of itself because I need three times as many buses because there's so many goddamn people along yeah, this yeah. stretch. <laughs> I mean, you're not with three buses, bus stops on a, in a row. No, they go exactly on top of each other. Okay. It basically uses the same bus stop. Right. Because yeah. obviously you can do that for multiple routes. It's just that these multiple routes happen to go to the exact same bus stops in the same order. Yeah, that's pretty weird. So it would only ever run one bus. 
well, or as many as buses thought, as there are bus stops, essentially. Okay. <laughs> One plus how many bus stops there are. Right, yeah, so if you wanted to so, double up for some reason, I have a super congested, like, 12 buses on this little free, free bus loop, you'd have to do it four times. Yeah, you'd have to lay it out more. And weirdly, I'm not sure if it's at all relevant, uh, it's because there's the day-night cycle now, even in the base game without the DLC, for no apparent reason you can set ta- set taxes and budget per day and... Well, not taxes. You can set budget for day and night individually. Oh, interesting. Uh, I guess as far as I can tell... There must be some difference in some scenarios. Well, as far as I can tell, there's basically no reason to do that without the DLC. Okay, I gotcha. No, no, that's probably yeah, probably right. That's probably something that just ended up in the game because they visually added it. Well, not. yeah, but it's like you wouldn't have thought they'd leave it in there if it's not actually useful in any way without the DLC. It's just like extra confusion. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because I was trying to figure. Well, maybe it, that was a mistake. Maybe it's not supposed to be there, and it just sort of like. I mean, there is possibly one reason, which is that if you have a solar power plant now that they only operate during the day. You could make it so that your power budget is lower during the day because the solar power plant is on, so it's producing extra capacity that you don't have at night. I see, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I can think of that. Or could you tax people more for power at night? Like, don't use so much power, we haven't got so much. <laughs> That's not quite how that works. <laughs> you don't tax people you don't tax people differently during the night. It's only budget. Uh-huh. That, that seems reasonable, like you could. Like I mean, energy could, costs are higher. There could potentially be a difference in crime rate during the day versus night, but it's not noticeable if there is. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that one seems like the most obvious one, right? You want the like, crime would go up and also perhaps traffic accidents would go up. I mean, I, you know, I think that is the case in the DLC because of those specialised nighttime specific commercial buildings like nightclubs and stuff. Oh, of course, yeah. I think that does actually have that effect, but mm. I'm not sure that actually ports back along into the non-DLC version. Yeah. Because you can't build those zones, obviously, so that doesn't happen. You'd think like, any whether estab- there's any day or night difference you'd, at all. Yeah, you'd think any establishment that would have some sort of cycle might affect that in some to some degree. Like, if you had a burger joint that's open 24 hours, like, maybe crime still goes up at night just because of night. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Whereas, you know, a uh, children's play area is probably not open in the middle of the night. Not that you get much crime there, I guess. No. <laughs> Those ball balls. <laughs> Plastic ball related injuries. And they're like, <laughs> just Someone runs in and goes, rah, like steals all the balls and starts throwing them at people so hard. Yep. Black eyes on the, on the increase. Assault all over the place. <laughs> Plastic ball assault. The tr- actual trouble with night is it's really difficult to see. <laughs> right, like you can't really build very much at night. It's legitimately, the problem with the dark, you can't really build very much at night because you can't see what you're fucking doing. <laughs> I mean, the mouse point has a little bit of glow around it, but not enough. Really, you're not like higher floodlights for construction workers. It's just like you need a t- like a construction mode or something where it's like turn the lights back on. <laughs> yeah, or up the gamma slightly. <laughs> it looks nice at night, you know, the lights and stuff. Although it does look a bit weird how like different grades of road have different coloured streetlights essentially mm. for some reason the like the four lane avenues have really orange lights for no reason mm, okay. like all most of the other ones are mostly white like normal colour 
just the avenues are orange, <laughs> which makes them really weirdly stand out. Yeah, well, maybe some of that's maybe that some of that it was a visual decision to make some stuff. I mean, yeah, it sort of gives you a sense of where your roads are. Mm. If you're doing construction at night, you're like, oh, that must be an avenue because it's got those weirdly orange like. Yeah. <laughs> and you know the the weather effects equally also make it annoyingly difficult to see, like the rain and the fog. <laughs> Get out of the way! Of course. Want to see what I'm doing? But then again, you know. Relatively speaking, time doesn't matter in that game. So long as your budget is in the positive, you might as well just wait and have some more money to work with in a minute. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Can you time, increase the speed of time to the point where weather goes away or does that not affect that? Or... Well, you can't really go that fast, right? but you can you know, turn it up to maximum and just wait. There. Yeah, I mean, the weather effects. Rain doesn't matter too much. Fog only really lasts in the morning, so that goes okay, away yeah. within half a day usually. And then, say, for night, you're just waiting a couple of minutes until night's over and then you're good. <laughs> you just get to enjoy it. Yep, just get to look around for a while. Go look at the shiny. Admire your scenery. Well, look, there's the brothel. <laughs> Tell by all the neon. Yeah, exactly. Is that City Science? Anything else? Mm. Any more for any more? Probably not. Are we out of game? Probably. There's probably other things I did play, but whatever. Um, you know, you can go watch a video, not yet, but eventually... Maybe in a week um, of, <laughs> uh, of, of Zach and I playing Broforce. Yes, I guess that's getting close to being next to the queue, isn't it? Really? Because we, um, we haven't got shit in the queue. Yeah, I think there's another Sonic Heroes video to go up next, and then Broforce probably after that. So probably a couple of weeks till that goes up. Yeah, we're well overdue to record some more, as is always the case. Yeah, we, we've never managed to successfully keep a buffer. <laughs> well, sometimes we do. But, you know, we're a couple of weeks ahead, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, so we played that. That was fun. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yep. And insane. Definitely was. That game is pretty much about the reveals, I think. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, to an extent. <laughs> or just the random stuff that happens during the course of the level. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's like, oh, where did that fuel canister come from? No. It's just shooting and explosions. Yeah, shooting and explosions. Barely controlled shooting <laughs> yeah barely controlled is right and the fact that like yeah it's the fact that you don't pick what character you're playing as yeah that's important it's really weird it just gives you one and it's like oh but this guy's terrible <laughs> what am I going to do here it's like I can't use Schwarzenbro or whatever his name was Brogenegger <laughs> I really can't remember what his name, what his bro name was oh, the, the version of him with the chain gun not the version with the rocket launcher Oh, was the rocket launcher of Arnold as well? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, the one with the chain gun, the Terminator one. Oh, yeah, that's it. He's back in the bottle. Yeah, because the chain gun just, you back. Gun, it just pushes you so far back that it's like, I'm going to fall in a hole. <laughs> and his secondary ability isn't actually really useful. Well, he just, just becomes invulnerable. Yeah, he bit. just becomes the Terminator for a while. Yeah. And I don't think even that prevents you from having the pushback, or does it? I really see. can't remember. <laughs> can't remember. That would be an actual bonus if it did. Yeah. But you only get one of those. Yeah, you only get one. Yeah, the Brickles, that's a funny game. Um, yeah, I think so. Can I, like, I might hold back on playing more of that and save it for the co opness. <laughs> Potentially. Because that was quite good fun. Bro, for that voice is awesome. Bro, for. <laughs> said something whenever we rescued a bro, but I couldn't. Ever hear it? <laughs> well, it also says their name, of course. It's the important part. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on the on the big reveal cards, yeah. That game needs a sound test. 
That's what that game needs, clearly. So you can steal all those samples and use them for texts. <laughs> Absolutely. Bro, four. That's cool. It's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else. I'll probably start something new this week, I think. Well, in theory, that like there's potentially the next game in our Steam list. There's always potentially the next Final Fantasy video if we can be bothered. Oh, yeah, now we've got to redo that. We've still got to redo that. <laughs> and more Sonic Adventure. Oh, man. It's not Sonic Adventure. Uh, Sonic Heroes. Yeah. Go and watch that stuff. That's more, a more adventure in the Sonic universe. <laughs> yeah, right. Well saved. Well saved. Uh, I don't know. What should I play next? Like, like for realsies. Now MGS is over, and now I'm done with my little grow home distraction. Yeah, I don't know. I, pro- I don't really fancy going back and playing more Hand of Fate. The like the hooks. Really? Just, yeah, I sort of lost it. I might maybe if I like played a run of it, I'd get back into it again. But mm. like, it doesn't. I didn't get its hooks in that badly, as it turns out. Mm. Um, I mean, that Batman combat kind of just <laughs> just didn't just didn't do it for me. Just, but, uh, just like a, I'm at the point where it's like there are games now. We've reached the point in the year where there are games. Are there? So I, be play- well, I still haven't played The Witness. Oh, okay. I, yeah, should probably, sure. I should probably play that. Um, but then I've got so much to catch up on. So much to catch up on. Like what? It's like, do I play Alien Isolation? Because it was like, oh, you know, it's one of those games where it's like, when you're giving someone as a gift, right? <laughs> do you feel that obligation? It's like, I should play this. Because someone gave it to me and they went, they, they very nicely put down the bones to... Uh, Sometimes. So it's like, on my Xbox list, that leaves me with like Alien Isolation or Thief. And it's like, should I give those a go? I don't like, think either of those are suitable games for you, really. Well, I've been playing a lot of stealth, so maybe I've got a bit better at maybe what Alien requires of you. But I don't think you would or like maybe it. Thief. No, I probably won't. <laughs> if I'm honest, I probably won't. And but... Thief is like meant to be quite a bad game so I'm not sure that's going to keep you occupied even if you do start it be a palate cleanser I do believe in the like gaming palate cleanse like play some, <laughs> playing something bad makes you go makes you appreciate the next game you play even more that's only that's only a good thing in your case if you can not continue to play the bad <laughs> that's true that is true because <laughs> you do tend to do that and it's really dark I haven't gone back to playing WRC no badly. I, I've managed to not play that one it's still installed because <laughs> I thought maybe we need to do a video of it but we were like right these are the rally games you shouldn't be playing <laughs> Sebastian Loeb Rally Evo X is the other one that that company did Oh no, it's not got the X on the end. That's what I got wrong. It has no X on the end. It's just Sebastian Low Rally Evo. Okay. Terrible name. <laughs> they evolved that racing franchise into nothing at all. Maybe. Mega Revolution. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, they got, yeah, they just evolved their faceless guy into Sebastian Loeb. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going to evolve the Keith Yep. <laughs> That's a twist. Keith David is an amazing rally driver. <laughs> oh, I don't know what we're doing. I'm just panning now. Well, yeah, for for some us. reason, you were. Thank you for joining us on this Happy Sound Soundcast. Yep. This Happy Sound Podcast. <laughs> happy Sound Soundcast. That made sense, I happy, guess. The happy Sound Soundcast. Yeah, that's what it is. It's how we, how we presented in iTunes. Oh, okay. iTunes. Oh. Don't turn off the recording. <laughs> I'll say bye, I guess. We're going to go and eat pizza. Hell yeah, we are.